I'm Kyle Sparrow, the Eagle of the New England Free Jacks, and you're listening to the Jacks Rangers. Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I am broadcasting here on Rebel Radio from the Granite Outpost in beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire. Hope everybody is having a fantastic week. The Jacks will be traveling down to Houston, Texas pretty soon, and I will be joining them as your New England Free Jacks take on the Pustin Thundercats down in Houston for their only preseason game. And then right after that, we've got the Free Jacks playing against the New Orleans Gold as the first 2023 Free Jacks game of the season. Super excited. We've been riding for quite a while, but we're almost at our destination, which is MLR 2023. It's been a long off-season for sure, but we are right there at kickoff. Wanted to give a special shout-out at the beginning of the episodes to our friends over at Vitamin C Brewing at 30 Moore Street in Weymouth, Massachusetts. Appreciate them supporting the Jacks Rangers show. More on that to come in future episodes. This is episode 63. We're calling this one Preseason Part 2. In this episode, we've got some fantastic guests, including Free Jacks co-owner, three-time Super Bowl champion, and USA Rugby Olympian Nate Ebner, the author of Finish Strong, which is an excellent book that I highly recommend everybody that is listening to this. If you haven't read it yet, get your hands on a copy and read it. A great story of a true rugby guy that has done amazing things so far in his life. In addition to that, we've got Captain Josh Larson of your New England Free Jacks, Free Jack number one on the cap sheet. He will go down as the, in the history books, of course, as your first ever Free Jack. Just an absolute joy to interview. Really enjoy talking to Josh. I hope you enjoy that interview. And last, but definitely not least, General Mags, Alexander Magleby himself, the co-founder and the CEO of your New England Free Jacks joins us as he always does in the preseason prior to kickoff of MLR 2023, answering some very important questions about what's going to be taking place at Fort Quincy in 2023. So that should get you very excited. After that, I'll be with you to close up shop, but let's go ahead and kick that MFN mule. Hit that theme music, baby. Woo! Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I'm joined by my brother Dave McVeigh, and also we've got a very, very special guest this time around. He's the co-owner of the Free Jacks, but that's probably like pretty far down on his backstory here. He's also an Olympian for rugby and a three-time Super Bowl champion with your New England Patriots. Uh, Nate, how the hell are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me, guys. You're welcome. Uh, we love your book, Finish Strong. Uh, that is a father's code and a son's path. I read this, Nate, as soon as it came out. And of course, we're talking about Nate Ebner, who's speaking with us here. I, I got this as soon as it came out. I'm not much of a nonfiction guy, but uh, I knew that I wanted to get this book and read it. And it's it's a very excellent read for sure. I highly recommend anybody watching this right now. If you hadn't gotten this book yet, make sure you pick it up and read it. You will not regret it. If you're a rugby person or a football person, um, yeah, it's just an inspiring story for sure. 
you know, uh, growing up with your dad, that whole finish strong mantra that he had and instilled in you. Uh, it's just amazing what you've done with your life so far and on the athletic side. And, you know, I just wanted to start off and talk about uh, give us your origin story with rugby because you are truly a rugby guy. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, that book was a was a big project and, um, you know, wasn't intended to do it originally, but Urban Meyer kind of pushed me to, to do it. Mm -hmm. And I tore my ACL the year after we had that conversation. And I said, you know what, I'm going to take them up on that. So, uh, yeah, we came out with something. I'm, I'm really happy with it. And at the end of the day, if anything else, it's a really genuine take on uh, yeah. my story in my life. And, and I hope that comes through when you read it and you can tell. But um, for sure. Uh, I mean, how I started with rugby, I mean, um, you know, I had that rugby warrior dad in the, you know, 70s, 80s and 90s that was just nonstop rugby. Oh, yeah. So that club rugby experience was a huge part of my life. I mean, mm -hmm. I was pushed around in a, you know, a crib or whatever, uh, you know, stroller at the, at the rugby matches on, on Saturdays. <laughs> and, um, so it was, it was, you know, I didn't know any different than rugby in my life from the time I could walk. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, as I kind of allude to in, in my book, my dad and I did a lot of stuff. We talked about the junkyard and whatnot, but, yes. um, you know, tons of sports, uh, big squash player, played basketball a little bit, mm -hmm. um, you know, football, obviously, and just really anything we could do, we did together. But yep. uh, obviously rugby was his thing. So we did quite a bit of that. And um, I turned out to be decently athletic. So I kind of gravitated towards, <laughs> um, you know, that sport because it was a, it's a physical game. I was around it my whole life. I had probably a higher rugby IQ, if you will, at a younger age than most kids my age, because they were just, you know, in high school, they started playing right then. I, I had been around it since I was five, six years old, throwing the ball around. So I had a leg up there as well, and obviously physically. So it just kind of was something I gravitated towards, and we did so much of, and it just, you know, it's honestly a it's an intertwined fiber of who I am. It's just, it's in me. And um, it always has been, and it always will be. And um, it's just, there's so many good things I could say about rugby, but it, it's been there from day one. Absolutely. You know, just one of those things is like, you know, you being on the Patriots, we always would watch and see, you know, on special teams, look for your jersey and see if you were making a play because we could always tell people that didn't know, like, oh, he's a rugby guy. You know, he grew up playing rugby and he went into the NFL. But uh, you kind of mentioned in the book about the only option for a guy like you that was really good at rugby young at that young age was to try to play overseas. Um, kids in this country now have that option of playing professionally in the United States with MLR. Can you talk about how important that is? I mean, yeah, that was one of the, you know, biggest reasons that I wanted to get involved in the MLR. You know, we just spoke about me kind of getting into rugby at a young age. I had to play my first rugby game at 13 was in a men's B-side game because there were no kids leagues. Wow. Um, yeah. Now they can play flag rugby. I mean, I, I've gone to camps where the kids are eight years old running mm -hmm. around um, pulling each other's uh, flags in the, yeah. and like basically touch. So um, they didn't have that when I was around. And then you, you, you talk about high school. We had some high school leagues and, you know, college was very clubbish and uh, mm -hmm. still hard hard to get 15 guys sometimes. And, yep. um, you know, you start to think about your future after playing in Junior World Cups against some of the best competition in the world. Right. Um, you know, I start to think about, 
you know, being a professional athlete, wanted to do that for a living. But, you know, as I really reflected on it, there was nowhere to do that in this country. Mm -hmm. And that was hard for me. You know, I'm, you know, uh, you know, cold-blooded Midwestern American, and I want to stay in this country. Uh, right. My, my hat goes off to the guys that go overseas and play, mm -hmm. and and make contracts and make livings for themselves. I mean, that's awesome. Um, I just wasn't something I wanted to do. It wasn't my first choice. And ultimately, that's what kind of it was a perfect storm of things that happened. But that was a big uh, player in terms of you know the variables that pushed me towards football was right. that that future rugby career was not going to be in in the United States as much mm -hmm. as I love the sport. So right. for me to you know come down the road 10, 15 years from that time and see us have a league like this that's um, you know not just another one of those year or two leagues that's just around this is mm -hmm. the real deal. It was yep. done the right way. It's backed with real rugby people with real money, and it's 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 got the right format, and and they've just got the right idea about everything. And, and once I saw that, and and I had the opportunity to get involved, um, it was kind of like really didn't have a choice to be honest. You know, <laughs> you just your heart doesn't let you do stuff. You know, right. so I had to, and um, yeah, I mean, just a huge thing for for this sport in this country for young Nate Ebners that are 18, 19 years old thinking about playing, yep. you know, professionally, um, you know, it's not where we want it to be, but we're, we've got to start and we've got a place for people to aspire to, to play and live in this country and, and carry out their dreams, if you will. So um, huge, huge first steps. And, and I just, last thing I'll say about that is, you know, after kind of, the inception of the MLR with just a couple years following being COVID and how that destroyed so many businesses for the MLR to withstand, you know, those years. Cause it was, it was more than just 2020 really. And, mm -hmm. and for it to be doing so well is, I mean, I think that really speaks volumes to how well um, from an operation standpoint, things are being done. So my hat goes off to, to everyone in the league to, to continue to have success and continue to, keep putting out a great product and the rugby just keeps getting better and better. And I just can't wait to see where we go in the future. Yeah. It's, it's super exciting to, to see MLR coming into year six now and the free Jacks doing so well last year. It's, it's got a lot of people excited, especially around these parts for sure. I wanted to ask you, you know, what was your overall impressions of last year in MLR and uh, favorite moment moment from last season? Just a quick question there. Um, I mean, it was my, my favorite moment was probably being able to actually go to a game because I wasn't, you know, in off-season training or anything like that. <laughs> so that was nice. But um, really just watching the whole season, I think Bowden Waka was amazing. I think putting him at 10 was, yeah. you know, a long time coming. Uh, oh, he, yeah. he did so well there. And just, um, you know, obviously he's the one that, you know, sticks out in my mind when I think about that season. But yep. uh, the other thing was just how good the defense was um, mm -hmm. throughout the season, just uh, game after game, the amount of times that they were on their own, you know, inside their own 22 and mm -hmm. didn't give up points was just, I mean, amazing. And I don't think people give that enough credit, to be honest yep. with you. Um, you know, they talk about a lot of other things, but like to, to, to have your back against the wall like that and not give up penalties to make tackles, to stay in the fight, and and just pretty much outwill the opponent until you know they break. They, they did that numerous times yep. um, 
throughout the season. And uh, that was, a, I don't know if I want to call it a proud moment, but, uh, you know, I, I was just really excited to see that type of defense being played because, um, you know, you only play that type of defense when you, when you care and you're passionate about it and you're willing to fight. You know, mm-hmm. you, you don't stick your nose in there time and time again with them, you know, right about to score uh, if, if you don't care. And, and, you know, obviously we got the right culture of guys yes. uh, in, in the building. So, and that just, it's shown through through those efforts. And, and that was probably my favorite thing of the season last year. Awesome. Yeah, the culture in the locker room is tremendous. You know, they, they go find guys that have that humble, hardworking mentality. And the defense, as you were saying, is, is just extremely relentless. And it's something that they can pride themselves on. And, and people that may not, you know, know the game that well, they see that effort and they can, it can, they can draw them in for sure. Uh, a couple more questions for me, and then I'll let Dave take over. Uh, you're 34 now. You played your last game with the Giants in 20. Uh, 2021 excuse me uh there is there a part of you that just wants to play for the jacks as a last like hurrah as a professional athlete or are you done uh i mean i would i I would love to but right now i'm kind of recovering from some pretty serious knee surgeries um i had to have both of them done but some cartilage stuff they're you know it's an i had some a new surgery done i'm not going to get into that and bore you with that but essentially they regrown cartilage so um, you know, it's taken a long time because mm-hmm. it's got to start from nothing. But, uh, you know, hopefully they rebuild me and I feel great. And, um, you know, I'm at a point where I am, you know, capable. I think it's obviously something I would love to do. But if you're not physically able, then it's just like it's not even part of the equation. So for me, it's like I really just need to get healthy sure. and feel as good as I can feel. And once I get to that point, we'll see where I'm at, you know, um, because that's, you know, I had my left one done about three and a half months ago. So, you know, we're okay. looking at another probably year till I could really put it on. It, it wouldn't be okay. this season. I'll just say that. So, all right. And then we're 35 and, you know, but a lot could happen, but I'm not, I'll never say never. I'll let's just we'll leave it at that. I mean, you know, just looking at your background and what you have done, uh, you know, walking on at Ohio State, having never played, uh, you know, high school football, that's incredible. But getting drafted by the Patriots, playing for them for, you know, 10 years and winning three Super Bowls. I mean, all of that is just incredible. So, I mean, I wouldn't put it past you to to suit them up one more time and come out for the Free Jacks as your little last hurrah. I think uh, Free Jacks fans everywhere would love to see it. I think that would be so awesome to do um so my final question here it's a little morbid but you have to excuse me my family owns a funeral home so you're a three-time uh, super bowl champion a usa rugby olympic athlete and the co-owner of the free jacks which one of these do you want to have on your headstone if you could only have one mm, i don't think any of those are going to be on the headstone i mean at the end of the day i don't <laughs> you know i don't define myself by you know things that i've done in the past or Sure. You know, accolades, you know, you talk about the three Super Bowls and those are awesome. Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. trade them for the world either. Don't get me wrong. But um, the journey along the way that that got me there, the, you know, the, the three years at Ohio State as a walk on who, you know, didn't know anything about football and had to, you know, earn just a conversation with the coach, let alone time on the field. It, right. You know, it's it's those things I think about. Those moments are great and I'll never forget them. But it's the journey that uh, you know is is what makes things special and um you know i'm not i'm not living in the past you gotta you know that what's done is done and it's uh 
you know, I got a lot of life to live, so there's there's more to do, and we'll, we'll see. But um, you know, I'll probably be cremated anyway, so I don't think I'll have a, a head headstone. So. All right, fair <laughs> enough. David, take it away. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Nate, for being here. I uh, really appreciate your time. This has been really fun uh, so far just to listen, so I can't wait to ask a couple questions. <laughs> um, what is one thing – it could be culture. It could be you know on-the-field skills. Um, could be operational. But what's one thing that Major League Rugby and rugby in general can learn from NFL football? And what's one thing the NFL could learn from rugby? Well, I'm going to answer your – I'm going to answer that backwards. I think what the NFL could learn from rugby is definitely the selflessness that is just rooted in rugby players um, and, and a team. Um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm all for people celebrating and being themselves to some extent, but you know, some of the stuff you see in the NFL today is like, you know, a wide receiver making a catch. It's like, like, like the quarterback didn't throw you a perfect ball and the offensive lineman, you know, didn't pick up the blitz uh, like they did. It's like you, like you thought just like you were the only one out there that did that. I mean, it's crazy to me. Um, you just don't see that type of stuff in rugby because I think people genuinely understand that they did what they did because of all the other people who got them there. You know, they were just the, the person who scored the try. They weren't the, the, the reason the try was scored, right? right. Um, you know, I think for me that is definitely something the NFL could learn from rugby, and, and I feel strongly about that. Um, that was something that was just hard to, like, watch all the time. Um, but I'm, I come from a different upbringing, you know. I come from team play. I come from rugby. I don't come from – what can I do to make everyone look at me? And I think a lot of people do, and it's a bit of a cultural thing too, you know, but um, yeah, I just think uh, that that would be the biggest thing the NFL could learn from rugby, uh, vice versa. Uh, you know, I, I think about, I think about probably an operations standpoint when you look at the monster that the NFL is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's easy for me to say when they got the budget that they have, but when you talk about the efficiency with which NFL teams work um, from a scheduling basis and, you know, like we'll, we'll, we'll go to practice and within 10 minutes that film is loaded. So we go back and watch what we just did, you know, 20, 30 minutes ago at practice and we break that film down and it's, you know, that's the best time to break it down. It's fresh in your mind. You just did it so you can see what it looks like. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that I have a specific answer without thinking about it. Um, but I, I would lean towards definitely like there are things operationally that the NFL does that, um, rugby could definitely take a page out of and, you know, uh, sevens is a different game. It's, it's not quite as tactical, but you know, that was something I was trying to like, you know, I had Mike Friday come out to see the, the, uh, the Patriots and how we operate because, you know, I think there is there's a lot to take from there. Right. And Mags actually was there too. So, um, but I, I don't have a detailed example, but definitely I would say definitely an operations uh, thing for sure. Yeah. And growing into that really, because like you said, at this point, obviously major league rugby teams are not looking at NFL style budgets that let you have. Right. And, 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 you know, you guys, you got NFL guys on salaries that are crazy. Like they, 
they have no excuse to not be there all day. When a guy might have to work another job or whatever, you know, he can't dedicate his entire life to this. You know, he's not, he's not being compensated for it the same way. It's, it's, it's like I said, it's easy for me to say that um, when you, when you take the money out of it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously Patrick Chung is somebody who's gotten into rugby thanks to you and, you know, and just playing with you and knowing you as a friend, mm-hmm. um, any other teammates or coaches who, you know, showed more than average interest. I'm sure everybody thought it was pretty cool, but was there anybody who like kind of got that, you know, bit by the bug? Yeah. I mean, Pat didn't really have a choice. We were locker mates for <laughs> eight years or whatever it was. And, you know, we were both safeties and we both played special teams. So like the guy couldn't escape me. And we sat next to each other in team meetings. Like whenever there was a rugby match on, like I'm watching it on my phone and like, he just had to watch it with me. And, um, you know, we're good friends. So, you know, Pat kind of got reeled into it. Um, but, you know, I got a lot of guys interested in, uh, in the sevens, obviously through the Olympics, um, you know, and I have some friends back home that have played in the NFL that, you know, I got them to play in some rugby games through some, you know, just watching me eventually they wanted to do it. Um, I don't know that I could say I've had anyone bite the bug like uh, or been bitten by the bug like Pat has, but um, yeah, I definitely try to spread the, the rugby message. And, you know, what I will say is uh, when I came to Ohio State, I was, you know, one of one rugby players in the football program. Um, there were no other rugby guys and they hadn't heard of it, you know, and then when I, I go back to Ohio state to do a lot of my rehab. Um, so I'm there around the football team all the time. And, you know, there's like, uh, like quite a few guys that have actually played, played rugby in high school. And, you know, if they don't go to the NFL, like they look forward to, um, you know, maybe playing more sports in the future and rugby is probably where they're going to go because they're, you know, physical playing football guys. Um, and that's such a promising thing to see, uh, just from my experience 10 years ago or whatever it was. And, and then seeing, you know, just the numbers start to grow at, at a school like Ohio state, which is strictly just like a football school. Right. And um, you know, that, that's just awesome. And I hope that continues. And like I said, when we started this conversation, it's that progression throughout, you know, the culture of rugby in this country and, and starting at a younger age and, and having more accessibility to the sport. Um, you know, those are all good things. So uh, we got to get more people to get bitten. Uh, I will say that. Yeah. Um, is there a rugby rule that you would change if you could change one rule? Yeah. Um, it would be the, the, the high tackle. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I don't even have to think about that. Um, I, it's just getting, it's just kind of gets a little ridiculous to me. Um, I, I don't know from my perspective and, you know, another athlete might disagree with me and I'd love to have this conversation because, you know, when we sign, when we, when I walk out on that field, I sign up to play a violent game, a a very violent game. And I'm not out there, you know, expecting someone to take it easy on me because I'm not taking it easy on anybody else. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a it's a violent sport. If you don't want to play a violent sport, go play basketball or go play, you know, racquetball or something. But like you you play rugby and you play football to to hit people. Um, right. And a, a very efficient tackle can be a high tackle where you wrap up the ball, you go up around the shoulders and you wrap the ball carry up so he can't offload. 
And you just get to a point where it's just like there's some really solid tackles. The guy's head goes back because there's so much force. But like it's like a it's like a shoulder on shoulder like up top. But like I don't know. It just it it just influences the game too much until until a guy takes a shoulder straight to the to the head or or like you know clotheslines a guy around the neck. Like I'm all good for that. Like I'm not arguing right. those points. Right. I mean he wraps you high around the around the midline here. I mean. Like you can hit me there all day. Like I'm not complaining about that. I should be running like more elusive or lower if I'm going to let somebody hit me like that. Like it's my fault as a ball carrier. It's a great answer. I just think that that probably is, you know, I I just, you know, I think I signed up for a violent game and and you walk out there, you got to protect yourself a little bit. And anyone who thinks like, you know, someone should take it easy on you or like that, you know, it's not a violent game or like, you know, there's like a certain hit should be okay. I mean, as long as they're not like ripping your head off, like, I, I don't know. High tackles can be so effective if then, you know, I just, that, that really bothers me because it just, it stops the game. It changes momentum. It gives points away. And it's like, you know, it's the, the line is so thin. And it's like guys are trying to just be as effective as they can. And you start taking away the violence and now guys are just worried about getting penalties. And it's just starts and starts to change the game. Honestly, like, I don't, I don't like that part, but I like to, I always like tackling people. So I guess I have like a bias towards that. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it was your job for a little while. So yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. Um, excellent. Thinking about coaches, you talked about Mike Friday earlier, obviously, uh, sevens coach for USA. Mm-hmm. Um, you played for Bill Belichick. You played for some really great coaches in both football and rugby. What is the difference in the role and the impact of the coach on the day of the game or the match between those two sports? And how does that change your approach as a player? Um, I would say they're vastly different. Um, but there, there, there's a lot of similarities too. Like, like on the day of is where, if we're strictly talking about the day of competition, um, those head coaches got to be motivators and they got to, you know, instill confidence and instill belief and, you know, trust in the, in the guys that they have out there and, and belief that they can get the job done and confidence that they will. And, and the game plan that they put together and, um, those things are all the crossovers, but outside of the, the motivator, um, you know, rugby is a very hands-off game. And I think that's why I love it so much is because it's like a game of pickup basketball. You guys just go out there and you play and don't, don't get me wrong. Like there's some plays, right. But like, you got to make the right reads. Like the coach can't tell, call the play for you. You know, football is, as the game goes on, game plans evolve and, and, you know, situations change and like the coaches are calling all that and we just kind of run it for them, right? We, we run it to the best of our ability and, and better players understand those situations of why the coaches called that and think the same way and they know what we're trying to prevent or trying to get um, in certain situations. But ultimately the coaches are making those plays, whereas when we're on the field in a rugby match, you know, the coach like – and, and 15s, he's up in the box, right? He's not even down there. Right. It's like you guys handle it. And, and you know, in Mike's case, uh, in sevens, he's on the sideline. He can yell some stuff, but, like, it's not – you know, the game is, is different. All the preparation uh, leading up to that week is, is, you know, on the field. It's just – it's right there for you. And you just either do it in the moment or you don't. And in, in football, uh, you kind of get those reminders with the plays. But it's the same in that sense too. 
But I would say, yeah, it's it's just the play calling makes it such a different game. And uh, I would say that's the beauty of rugby in my mind. What I love so much about it is is the, you know, when it's time the whistle blows, it's the guys between the lines who who are really doing it. And honestly, like that's man in the arena. That's that's what sport is about: is the people between the lines, not the ones pulling the strings, you know, behind the curtains. I I have an affinity for rugby because of that as well. You know, there's a, yeah. there's a lot of philosophical reasons that I like rugby more too. So. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I when I was coaching, I always felt if I was yelling on match day, I was really yelling at myself, not the players. Right? Like yeah. I, you know, I should have communicated that at practice. That was the time to get that right. across because right. once the whistle blows, all you know, you're a spectator who gets to make some personnel changes. That's about right. it. You know. Right. Um, what is your what is your pre or post game routine like? Any good pump up or cool down tips? What are we talking about? Rugby or football? Uh, I'd say rugby. Well, I guess as I got older, it was pretty similar either way. I mean, my biggest thing uh, when I was young, I don't know why I asked which sport because I'm going to mesh the two. But when I was younger <laughs> playing college football, I would get so much anxiety before the game. And I'd listen to probably like some rock music or something like serious. And like I'm already a serious person. And, you know, I just get like really like this is like, super serious and you almost like it's like that squeeze the puppy thing like you love this you want this puppy you love this puppy so much and you're yeah. just like squeezing it to death and like that's how i felt, felt about football like i wanted to succeed so bad but it's just like that's not your best self like your best self is like a relaxed like you know what to do like just let it hang out like swag out with it like you don't need to like squeeze so hard and yeah. i learned that honestly i learned that in 2016 after after going to the Olympics and practicing every day, tackling people, like I knew I was a good tackler and I came into the football season, like, look, I just left football. Like I'm good if I don't have it. And it just had a different confidence level for me, um, you know, going through what I went through to make that team. And, um, you know, just then going into the NFL, like it just, I just, there was kind of a, like an effort level to me. And, um, you know, so speaking on that, like my routine started kind of changed towards, you know, I listen to like really calm music, you know, me and Pat Chung and, and Jonathan Jones, Jonathan Jones still on the team, but me, Pat and Jay Jones all sat right next to each other. Our three lockers were next to each other. And we would just like, we would like clown kind of, we'd joke around and like listen to chill music. I mean, football's different too. Cause you got like an hour before the game and like we're already in our pads. It's crazy. Like, but you got a guy in the back, like David Andrews is puking again, you know, he's getting all nervous. And then, you know, me, Pat and Jay Jones are like just clowning around. But uh, I, I really felt like that was my best self was when I, you know, relaxed and I had confidence in my ability. I didn't have to like, like stress it anymore. You know, I, I knew I was capable. Um, and I think that really got me to like calm music. I would say it was, was my, was my pre routine, but, you know, right before kickoff, though, that mode's got to switch on to, like, <laughs> killer mode. But all that time before that, you're you're wasting energy. And I learned that in college and in my first couple of years in the league. You just waste so much energy just hyping up, running around, doing whatever you're doing. Until that whistle blows, like, what are you doing? You know, you're just mm -hmm. wasting energy. So, for me, it was try to stay calm. Nice. I like that. Um 
do you have my friend Wes helped me put these questions together. He's a big fan. He's a football coach. He's a friend of the show, too. And he's a big movie guy. So I would be remiss <laughs> if I didn't ask, what is your favorite movie? Well, I, you know, it's funny. I'm not, I'm not much of a nonfiction guy myself. You said that earlier, but, uh, <laughs> no, I, I gotta go with, like, I'm a sci-fi guy at heart. Like I appreciate the, the detail and the storytelling and, you know, I gotta go with Blade Runner 2049 is up there. Okay. I gotta go with probably the, for the first matrix. Um, yep. I could I could argue like Interstellar being up there too. That, that's a good one. Um, yeah, excellent. I'm more of a, like a top five guy. Yeah. That new Batman was pretty good too. By the way, it's too long. Oh yeah. But I would say if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Blade Runner 2049. Awesome. But uh, speaking of movies, that you know, it's not there yet. But you know, we're in the process of of getting the book, you know, um, produced and and whatnot. So it's it's early days. Yeah, it's early days, but. You know, and I'm not much of, like we said, a non-fiction guy, but we're going to have to write something good enough that people who are non-fiction, <laughs> aren't non-fiction uh, viewers are going to have to go watch it. <laughs> love it. I uh, can't wait to see that. That's awesome. Um, I love asking guys. About, uh, okay. All right. Uh, I love asking guys about their teammates. I think it's really fun to give players the opportunity to talk about, you know, the people they got to know. Um, and so I got a couple of teammate questions for you. The first one is of all the guys you played with in the NFL, who would have made the best rugby players? You, you know, you're like putting together a sevens team. Like who are the first um, couple names that jump out that you're like, you know, I'm, I'm putting Pat, him on the team. I think Julian Edelman. Yeah. I think Pat Chung would have been good. Um, you know, Devin McCourty, Matthew Slater. I mean, kind of those skill position, fast guys, but I know they'll tackle too, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Important. Um, you know, Julian would have been electric. Um, and then there's, you know, Jonathan Jones is like that. I mean, he's a he's like a 4-2 guy, like 4-3 flat guy. I mean, he's got those kind of wheels and he tackles. I mean, yeah, he, he would be – I mean, there'd be a lot of good, a lot of good rugby players if had they played, right? I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, it turned, like, can they pick up the game? Because it's right. not, you know, it's a different game. It's a flow game. And, um, you know, but there would be a, a lot of good ones. I mean, I just think about, like, Dante Hightower being, like, a number eight or, like, <laughs> you know, yep. like a blindside or something. Like, I don't know. He yeah. just is. The way that dude can run at 250, 260, like it's just nuts. Like he would have been a monster, and obviously very athletic too. Like Jamie Collins, like what? Mm. You know, like those guys would be nuts. I mean, at the end of the day, like I've seen so many athletic freaks that knew football their whole life, so they're good at football. But I've also seen athletic freaks that come into the NFL, but they just can't figure it out. And I just on the same path as rugby, it's just like you see some of these dudes that were all this and all that, or good good athletes in some respect and they just like don't grasp the game you can see the most unassuming person be just like the most electric rugby player you know Pocky was on the intro here just a second ago and, and it's just like uh you know rugby is a is an iq thing it's a feel it's a it's a flow it's like how you see the game all those things are just such big players but uh assuming they all had that yeah they're all great athletes they right that's great um, last question for me. You're throwing a party. You can pick guys, coaches, players, anybody, either sport. They got to help you out. 
So who's going to be the guy parking the cars? Who's the car guy? Who's security? Keep, you know, knocking heads together if people get a little out of hand. Who's your bartender or cook? And who's the um, entertainment? DJ, singing, something like that. Wow. <laughs> well, one of my boys, Brian Peters, he was one of those guys that played rugby. He'd probably be the entertainer. He'd entertain us with his dancing or he'd have stuff for us to do. He'd be up there. I think Devin McCourty would also be in the entertainment category. Mm-hmm. I think Patrick Chung. Did you say bartender? Yeah. Bartender. Yeah. Pat, Pat, <laughs> um, who's parking cars? You know, I, just, I, hate to, I hate to do this, but like Matt Slater is like the most trusting person like I've ever yep. met. So like I could trust Matt to not like to do everything right and not mess with his cars up. But, you know, so I have to go with, with Matt to park the cars. What else did we need? Uh, security. Uh, security. I mean, some of the O-linemen, man, easy. <laughs> like Trent, is his last name Trent Brown? Is yeah. it Trent, whatever Trent's name, right. Trent's last name is, he's huge. Uh, you know, Dante, Vince Wilford, um, you know, Brandon Spice, like, I mean, yeah, I could go. There's plenty of guys for security. You need security. Just, just the big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy. With that, with that job, it's like half attitude too. A lot of the guys, when you ask, they they think of the guy who's like not having fun at the party. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like the guy who's gonna stand in the corner with yeah, their arms yeah, crossed yeah. anyway. Yes. You're like, oh, he can do security because he's already having a bad time. I don't know. A lot of those dudes have have a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. The security would be would be a tough one. I mean, there's. That, that's tough, but I would pick all the players first before uh, any coaches. I, I can't, I can't say any coaches would play a role better than than my guys. You know, that's fair. That's fair. I see my friend Matty Evans. He's a Charles River rat. Watched and said spikes would smash people. That's his comment. Just, there it is. He's he likes that answer. Well, Brandon thank you. spikes from my hometown, by the way, in oh. North Carolina. How about that? Yeah, that dude. I mean, I, I think about like three people, hardest hitters that I ever saw, and Brandon Spikes was up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, not as consistent, but like when he made contact, it was like, like <laughs> man, that dude is big and violent like that, you know. For sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna avoid him. I'm not gonna take him. <laughs> Dante Hightower is in that conversation, mm-hmm. and weirdly enough, Alandon Roberts, that dude was a <laughs> little fire plug, man. <laughs> I mean, he's in Miami right now. He's like the starting linebacker, middle linebacker, but he that dude would hit. That dude would hit. Love it. So I just well, gave you that little tidbit of Yeah. Yeah, we'll take it. Now we got a new player to follow, you know. Absolutely. Um thank you for your time. This has been really fun talking to you. Phil might have a couple more things, but um I really appreciate it. Had a had a lot of fun. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Nate, it's it's been a blast. I mean, I one of the things that you know didn't make uh, the interview here got lost on the cutting room floor, if you will, was you know this would be an excellent movie. You know, it's a, a very inspirational story. So I'm super excited for you that that's kind of in the beginning stages of uh, that process. Just wanted to you know brag on the book once again. Uh, again, I'm not a nonfiction guy, but this is the book. If you're a, if you're a nonfiction if you're a, not a nonfiction guy, this is the book to read right here. Um, just really enjoyed it. I really couldn't put it down at certain parts. There's funny parts where you talk about your dad's quirks that he had. You know, there's inspirational parts. It's got it all. It's got it all, guys. So I highly recommend. Pick up, finish strong. 
uh, a father's code and a son's paths. You will not regret that. That is the feel guarantee that we have here on the Jacks Rangers show. Um, any, any, uh, you know, I'm going to open up the floor tonight before we get you out of here. Any message to the Free Jacks fans out there? You want to say something to them? Um, I don't know. I appreciate what you just said about the book. I mean, for, for all the nonfiction people out there, it is it is a pretty wild story. So it's not really like something you hear a lot about. So it, it, in a way, it's got its own creativity that fiction would have. Yes. It's, it's not a normal story in that in yes. that regard. So it has a fiction aspect to it. But uh, no, man, I just I just want to you know I I, I know that. Uh, when I think about playing for the Patriots, you know, one of Bill's major things was like, you know, we need to, we need to win, we need to win games and we need to uh, make a difference in our community. And those were kind of two pillars that, you know, we would build the, the whole organization off of. And I talked to Mags about that a lot. And I think he took that to heart And You know, what I see them doing, uh, not only on the field, especially last season is what it's all about. But, uh, you know, all the stuff that they're doing uh, to kind of, I don't want to say cement themselves, but just get rooted in the community in Boston is is so awesome. And, um, you know, they can only do so much. And, and without the help of the community getting involved uh, on their end, involved in the Free Jacks as well, mm-hmm. it's kind of twofold. Um, you know, they're going to do as much as they can, but I, I, I just encourage everyone to, to, to dive in. Uh, to the Free Jacks as much as they can because, you know, you got nothing else to do in the springtime and, and rugby is the greatest thing uh, in sports, in my opinion. And um, I think, you know, a couple of years down the road here, you'll be talking about a really cool franchise that's kind of, uh, you know, rooted itself not only in the MLR, but, you know, in the New England area. And, uh, you know, it's great for, for what it's doing for rugby. And I, I think the community plays a big part in that, uh, bigger than they know individually. So, if you're a fan, definitely, definitely stay with it and keep showing that support. That's a great way to put it, Nate. Thank you so much for being on here. You've been very generous with your time. This has been an absolute dream come true. You know, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm a Nate Ebner fan, so this is fantastic. Um, you know, so once again, check out the book, Finish Strong. And with that, we like to say huzzah when we exit the video. Dave and I is going to say it. You can join it if you want. In three, yeah. two, one, huzzah. huzzah. Woo! Thanks, Nate. <laughs> huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show. Uh, really excited to have uh, Josh Larson here. I'm on a delay apparently, and I can hear myself talking uh, from about five seconds ago. So again, technical issues continue with the Jacks Rangers show. It is the New York Hackers. That is who I'm blaming it on at this point. They're trying to take us off of the internet. They're upset about their stupid nickname. Uh, but that will not deter us. We will not be defeated. Uh, for the Rangers out there, oh, oh, let me introduce who's with us tonight. I'm Phil Harris. That's my name. I can hear myself talking, so I'm a little uh, flustered. But beyond I think that, not, I wanted to introduce not to jump in. Bay, Diamond Bay. I think if if I think if Josh mutes his mic while he's not talking, I think it'll kill the loop, um, and we will be good. That could uh, be it. Okay. All right. Uh, so with me is also Josh Larson. He is the captain of the New England Free Jacks, um, Canadian international, awesome, awesome guy. Super happy to have him on the show. Dave Diamond, Dave, how the hell are you? And uh, also Josh, how the hell are you? Doing well. Doing great. Hey team, uh, yeah, good to be back on. Uh, it's been a little while, um, but yeah, no, thanks for having me. It has. 
What's interesting, Josh, is that we we had thought, you know, prior to this interview that you had been on with us for like, you know, six or seven times at this point. But we had to go back and look. And I was like, when was the last time that we had Josh on? It just seems like it was just like six months ago or something. You were actually with us last on the episode 19. So a long time ago, you know, we always see at the the functions that we go to for the Free Jacks, you're always uh, ever present uh, in the Free Jacks and stuff like that. So that maybe was while we were thinking we had much more familiarity with you with this show. But uh, thank you for coming on here. You're being very generous with your time. time. My first question question for you here is for those Rangers out there that may have – you know, not seen you on screen before, may not know your background. Give us a rundown of your um, personal and rugby background, please. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, uh, Joshua Shawwood Larson. Uh, so, born in Canada. Uh, Mum's Canadian. Uh, born on Vancouver Island, up in Nanaimo. Uh, lived up in Parksville for about three or four years. Um, did some traveling around. Dad was hotel manager, and then uh, settled in New Zealand. Uh, Spent most of my childhood growing up in New Zealand, um, right up until uh, 2018, came over to the States, had a year with the the Austin Elite back then, uh, didn't go so well. Um, bounced between that and uh, the Canadian national mm-hmm. team, and uh, yeah, and then landed up here, thankfully, in uh, Boston, and it's uh, been the best decision I've made. So here I am, uh, three years, my wife's here, um, settled in Quincy, love the area, love the people, so um, yeah, it's awesome. That's right. Congratulations on getting married in the off season there. Congrats uh, to you and Sydney there. Awesome. Thanks team. Yeah. I wanted to quickly ask you about uh, the pre You're welcome. (laughs) I wanted to quickly ask you about the uh, preseason training. How's that been going? Uh, What is the conditioning like at this point? And also uh, when will the focus turn to NOLA, which is the first game of the season? Yeah, so the preseason, it's been really good. Obviously, we started with the domestic camp in December. That was good. Um, get get legs under a bit, get a bit of a head start, especially for some of the local. And a lot of the younger guys came out, um, the draftees, Thomas and, and, and Ivan. Um, so it's good to, you know, get some of the, the local sort of core group guys over here. And then the international rolled in early December, uh, January, and also the guys on the West Coast. Uh, it's been it's been great. It's, it's another step up this year. Um, I'm sure you've heard um, Scott talk about lately. Just yeah, we'll just really raise, raise the standard, raise the raise the level. George has been huge for us. George Petrakos coming over from the Wasps and uh, Ricky helping them out uh, from New Zealand Tasman there. So yeah, they're running a tight ship. Um, good clinic. Uh, boys have been pretty sore after trainings most days, but now nah, conditioning levels are you know they're getting right up there. We're into the the meat of our uh, preseason now, so I think uh, tomorrow is going to be uh, a, a big session. And then um, yeah, we're gonna. I think we're going to start to, you know, get into our really into our sort of game modes and, and and really start to preview. We start with Houston. Um, we fly down there next weekend. We play them on the following Wednesday. So that's exciting. Uh, big physical clash there. And I'm sure Scott will be excited to go against a few uh, fellow South Africans. So that'll be good for us. And then, yeah, um, so this is really the last weekend. And then uh, Houston, then we're into Nola the following uh weekend on their Friday night for round one. So, yeah, it's, it's all coming up. Um, it's been, like I said, it's always been short, intense, sharp preseason. But um, we've really balanced it well this year, I think. Um, you know, we've got, obviously, get our running load and physicality you know, under us, but also, you know, just really trying to take another step in our game and stuff. And year two with Scotty and, and Mike and now Will. Um, yeah, I think we're in a really good place. So, uh, I said, last week, a real proper preseason then we're pretty much uh, into sort of game weeks mm-hmm. next two weeks, which is um, exciting. 
that's awesome. Super excited to hear about what's been going on with preseason. You know, obviously we've talked to Scott, we've talked to Mike Rogers, we talked to a couple guys, uh, and just really, really, I think the the fan base is just really ready for kickoff, and you know they're just getting more and more giddy as the as the days go by, and we're hearing these snippets from preseason media day as well. We had Bozo down there. So it's just very, very exciting stuff. I wanted to ask you about uh, NOLA. Speaking of NOLA, the first game of the season for the Free Jacks, they just recently, due to 10-plus players being ill with uh, potentially COVID. Yeah, I, was was saying, yeah, I don't know. Squad. Are you concerned know. about the possibility the Jacks having games canceled or uh, losing? Sorry, you got it. Yeah, uh, sorry. So I was just going to ask, uh, are you, uh, you know, uh, concerned about losing? Sorry, just lost it at the end. Concerned about losing? Can you guys hear me? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I was just saying, are you uh, concerned about using uh, losing valuable practice time due to the spike in COVID-19? Uh, I guess, uh, to, to be honest, no. I mean, that's the first uh, I heard of it today. I don't know what Dougie Fife brain down uh, down south of Nola there, but I'll I'll set him up there. But yeah, no, um, yeah, not at this stage. I mean, obviously we're taking precautions um, around the place, but it it hasn't been. Uh, nothing's hit us lately. There's been, you know, there's been the odd obviously change of weather, coldness, stuff going around, but uh, there's been nothing really since the first time I've heard of it this week. So no, pretty confident we're doing the right things. Um, they said brand new facilities and gyms always nice and stuff. So they're sanitized and boys are keeping them on top. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, Bedford Militia's uh, looking after it because they're uh, losing the mini team. So uh, they're keeping it nice and sanitized for the boys. So now hopefully we'll be all right. Very good. Yeah, definitely hope that, that it doesn't uh, affect the squad at all. You know, that's that's a real shame what's happening down there at NOLA with losing 10 players. That's quite a bit. I mean, that's, you know, what, a third of your squad essentially gone, gone down with illness. So that's a shame for them. Hate to hear that. I wanted to ask you on a positive note, are you a practitioner of visualization, which is a way of conditioning uh, your brain for successful outcomes? If so, have you been visualizing hoisting up the shield at all? Uh Visualization, good question. Yeah, I've, I've dabbled a little bit of it, especially around line-out time. Uh, you might see me pre-game trying to walk through, do some mental reps or something. But, uh, yeah, raising the shield, mate, that's always a goal. I think I've uh, definitely uh, gone to bed a few times uh, in the last uh, last sort of since, since the end of the season going to where we want to be at. And, you know, obviously key, key wins against New York and that along the way. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I guess you could say a little bit of that. But uh, it's a long season, step-by-step. Uh, Noel will be the first one, so hopefully visualizing uh, the next couple of weeks, visualizing getting over them, uh, enjoy, enjoy Nola and what it has to offer, and then uh, you know, back over to San Diego before the home match. So I think those first two games and then the bike, I kind of visualize that. Um, but yeah, no, not, not an active uh, practitioner of it, but uh, it's definitely something that's uh, very valuable for sure. I love that answer. You know, take it one game at a time, but obviously the ultimate goal is to hoist that shield. If you're not, if that's not the goal, you know, what are you doing, right? Like what's the point of all of this, right? You want to win the championship at the end of the year. And this is a team that certainly has the ability and the talent to, to potentially do that. I wanted to ask you, since you're a Canadian international and the leader on this team, what do you think of Canada South as a nickname for the Jacks? How do you feel about that? You, you buying or selling that? I'm buying that. Bring them all down. Canadians, no. 
I know Vermont makes some pretty good maple syrups. So They're great in yeah. England. You know, there's a lot of Canadian esque in there. And um, now the boys are selling well. Cotron and uh, obviously Keith was in Atlanta, so he's a bit more accustomed to the US lifestyle. And uh, Cole Keith and Co. and mm-hmm. Spencer Jones. No, they've been really good for us um, coming down here. They're excited. Um, you know, new change lifestyle. A lot of those guys have been in Toronto their whole life, uh, especially playing rugby there. So you imagine what a bit of change does for them. Um, they're, they're really pumped. They're training really well. They're obviously always fit and stuff. I know uh, Mike Easy puts them through the, the through the paces over the off season with the Rugby Canada training and stuff. So, mate, no, yeah, we'll be happy to buy that. Actually, that's a it's great. Now I know you, you, you guys mm-hmm. used to it before, but yeah, we can uh, string that along. But New England first, but yeah, let's uh, Canada South as a McMahon, eh? I love it, man. I, you know, as I've said, you know, USA just played uh, Canada down there in Sydney with the women's uh, sevens team and, and USA won. And, you know, in that moment, I was just like cursing out Canada and rooting for USA. But when it comes to the Free Jacks, I don't really care if there's a bunch of Canadians as long as we win and USA continues to beat uh, Canada in 15s and sevens internationally. I'm totally cool with it. Um, what is the, I, I wanted to, I'm going to preface this question by saying that I know that Matt McCarthy was giving you a little bit of shit about, you know, being born in Canada, but having a New England accent, or excuse me, a New Zealand accent. So he's kind of giving you a little bit of crap about it. So I'm just going to ask you without any type of, you know, harshness to this question, what is the most Canadian thing about you? Would you say? Uh, Canadian thing about me? I'm still family. Um, my, my late uncle's up there. My grandma's still up there. My brother's up there. He owns a house there. So it's it's my second home. Uh, it's it's especially based in the U.S. Yeah. now for yeah. American life. It's uh, you know it's it's if, if if anything if I leave the states, saying that that's closest uh, closest to home. So for me, it's kind of uh, it's comforting knowing it's there and stuff. Um, and obviously the connection mm-hmm. with rugby Canada. I spend a uh, fortunately, the last couple of years playing a lot of test matches with them, so a lot of the camps over there. So, yeah, I guess I'd probably uh, look at this uh, passport. I'm probably, uh, luckily enough, there a couple of times a year. So, you know, it's probably more than, oh, it's definitely more than I get back to New Zealand and that. And uh, when dad comes over, you know, he's got his best mates in Canada, so we link up there, you know, first and foremost. So that's probably my connection is, yeah, obviously family and travel there is uh, mm-hmm. frequent and often. Yeah, in terms of the question, I was just trying to figure out like what is the most Canadian thing about you? Like, are you extremely polite to people, or like, uh, do you love hockey? Uh, you know, big maple syrup guy, like uh, that type of thing. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, in, in the hockey stuff, I've really, uh, I've really adapted. I've really come to love the, the Bruins and that. I know uh, the Canucks faithful like Regan O'Gorman and Foster Duet wouldn't uh, wouldn't be happy with me saying that since I was born in Vancouver. But uh, no, the hockey is uh, something definitely getting into. Um, also, yeah, I guess uh, maple syrup time, sometimes. Uh, I actually have a big bottle here called Keith, bring it down from New Brunswick, straight from the tree. So, unreal. Shout out to him. Um, but no, I guess, yeah. The nice. And stuff That's like awesome. That. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, I guess I just say I'm really proud. Obviously, uh, my mother passed when I was a lot younger. And, you know, that's the side of Canada that, you know, it was really close to me and stuff, and obviously I was born there, so it's birth country, and just, you know, I'm proud uh, every time I hear the anthem, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about it when we play the arrows and we sing it, you know, I, I like to hum it along too, so, yeah, I guess it's just uh, sort of unwritten, I might not show it as much or sound like it, but uh, it's definitely there, mate. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, the next question, maybe the important, the most important question of the uh, entire interview, Timmy's Tim Hortons 
or Dunkies, Dunkin' Donuts. If you had to choose, I know that you're a bit of a coffee connoisseur, so you wouldn't normally go to those places. But like, if you absolutely just had to pick one, what's it going to be, Josh? Uh, people here are going to hate you saying this, but Tim Hortons, hands down. Uh, there's just something about it. I don't know. I don't know. It's just because I see Dunkin' every day now and whatever it is. But Tim Hortons, mate, they've, they've got a range of some of these. Uh, you know, if I wee treat myself to a wee ice cap up there, it's kind of kind of nice, you know, on a hot summer's day. And just, yeah, the old double-doubles. I mean, a bit of sugar in that. So Absolutely. Um, but no, yeah, definitely uh, Tim Hortons. I'm not just saying that. I, I kind of feel like it's just like uh, one of those things, I guess, you know, uh, you cross the border saying it's something I want to get to uh, quickly, you know. And both not amazing coffees, if I had to be honest with you, but Timmy's does the job over Duncan for me, mate. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm not going to say that I like Tim Hortons more than Dunkin' Donuts because that would be very un-American of me, but I will say this. Tim Hortons is really nice. Like, it is a great close second, in my opinion. I've been to, to you know, Canada a couple times. You know, being in New Hampshire, we have the, the, the great privilege of being so close to the border. I love going over to Ontario. The people are extremely nice. I went uh, on that road trip last year to t- Toronto. There was a Tim Hortons right down the road from our hotel. We went there every single day. Uh, they had this amazing vegan, uh, like, breakfast sandwich. It was unreal. And they had hash browns with it. So, so good. I highly recommend it. If anybody goes to Canada, make sure you stop by Tim Hortons. They're everywhere, just like Dunkin' Donuts are, and they're really, really good. Just on that, uh, Phil, tell us a bit more. The vegan, I remember talking to you about it. You've you've been vegan for a while now, right? Yeah. Let me see here. We're talking about seven years now. It's, uh, yeah. It's just something that I kind of ran into. Like uh, when I first uh, told people about it, you know, I, I'm from the South. So people are like, what is happening here? Like, what is what's going on? You, you having like a, a quarter life pro- crisis or something? But I was like, no, nah. you know, this girl that I was dating at the time, like showed me a documentary. And then everybody's like, oh, OK, it makes a lot of sense. Right. So, yeah, I just stuck with it. You know, so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, lady, that's, uh, it's good. It's good stuff. There you go. Uh, next question here, Josh. Uh, your brother now plays for the Toronto Arrows, a.k.a. Canada North. Um, he has the sibling rivalry going on. Obviously, it's intensified now that he's playing for an Eastern Conference rival. Um, and, you know, if he plays well, maybe he can join the Free Jacks next year because they are essentially a development squad now for the Free Jacks. So um, is that sibling rivalry intensified now that he's a, a rival to the Free Jacks directly? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I say it would actually. You know, obviously we, we speak regularly, uh, at least a couple of times a week, and uh, pretty close, close brothers. So um, yeah, no, it's something. Uh, I guess on the Eastern Conference, when he first signed over there, when I heard he was going to go over there, it's kind of exciting because we get to see him play twice, and uh, Andy Moldman and his partner Lindy gets to come over and hopefully catch us twice there. So uh, yeah, no, it's it's it is great. It's going to be cool to see him a bit more. Um, and also just for him and, uh, you know, his, his life being back up in uh, Canada, I know he really appreciates it. So, but the robbery itself, mate, it'll be good. Yeah. Looking forward to it a couple of times a year. Um, yeah, it'll be intense. Uh, the Toronto foe, um, it's always good getting up and, uh, especially now, like you said, Canada South versus Toronto, um, it's going to go off. So I guess you make sure you're there for veterans. And if anyone can make the trip up to Ontario, I know you did last year, Phil, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's good cutter. They run out of there at a new, um, uh, York field. So, That'll be good. Um, I'm excited, but uh, I think the banter will start to creep in a bit closer to the time. But uh, yeah, I know they're on the road now. I think they're playing New York tomorrow in a bit of a preseason. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. 
Very good. Very cool. Um, you know, <laughs> we've got a graphic coming out that I showed Dave, and I think it might be Dave's favorite graphic that I've ever made. Uh, it has something to do with what we just talked about. So I can't wait for that to drop. I'm thinking on Saturday. So make sure you guys uh, check in for that. It's going to be a real uh, knee slapper for sure. Uh, next question for you, Josh. I wanted to ask, uh, you know, I took a, a trip down memory lane recently. I was watching highlights of the 2020 Jacks against Utah out in Las Vegas. And I noticed back then, I don't know if it was just an accident or what, but you had your your collar popped up at the very beginning of that game. Um, so I was like, oh, that's kind of what I did when I was a player way, way back in the day. So I wanted to ask, is that something that was deliberate? And if so, why did you change doing that? No, that was something definitely not deliberate. I guess it's uh, getting more custom to the collar now. Obviously, the free decks <laughs> came out, but the first ones to adopt the collar. Now I see uh, see a lot of teams wanting to uh, you know to catch on to that. So I see a lot of other teams trying to get the collar going. But no, nothing. I always try to have it down, mm-hmm. um, and it just kind of flipped up. And I guess you know when you're hitting rucks and doing stuff like that, you know it flops up, and you just you just roll with it. So uh, no, that was definitely uh, nothing superstitious or anything. Um, but it's time will come down. But yeah, definitely in games, you get up from a scrum or something and the collar pops up. It is what it is. But uh, I guess it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, no, it's good, good, good jersey design, but definitely nothing uh, I do uh, planned or anything. Yeah, interesting. You, you mentioned that, you know, a lot of the teams adopting the collar nowadays. It's a copycat league. You know, just look at New York. All of a sudden they have collars now. So, yeah, you know, it's it's good to be uh, it's good to be uh, trendsetters, I guess. And everybody, you know, follows in line with that. But we'll always remember who the first was uh, for sure. That was, that was the New England Free Jacks. A um, couple more questions for you, and then I'll let Dave take over. Um, have you been in touch with any, or do you stay in touch rather with uh, any of the original Jacks that were all in that squad back in the day on, in 2020 during the COVID canceled year? Yeah, uh, good question. Yeah, I issued, uh, there's a few boys there, obviously, uh, Tying Leader, um, Connor Kendrigan. I stayed really close with them. They were my uh, roommates when I first came up here um, from Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were like my roommates. So um, yeah, I keep really close tabs. Uh, Tiger's actually visited a couple of times being in Ireland. So he's come across, uh, same as Connor Kendrigan, spent a bit of time in Boston as well. So good to see those guys. Um, some of the Kiwi guys like Liam Steele, Sam Beard, um, they've always been sort of close contacts. And, and it's great. You know, it's these guys are always interested to see how the Jacks come. And it's, it's come a long way since uh, 2020. So, um, you know, I bumped into uh, Coach Kareem and uh, Coach mm-hmm. Josh Smith the odd time. Not not many times, not, uh, not as much as I'd like to, but uh, I know they're tracking all good. So, no, there's definitely a few of them. Um, but, yeah, there's still, I guess, uh, we're still obviously boating last year and over in Japan now. And then you still got, uh, obviously, Johnny and Eagle and Mitchie and stuff. So, yep. there's still a good crew floating around. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I definitely keep... Keep tabs on the few of the guys, and uh, it's cool. I guess social media these days, obviously, follow their journeys. Old Brad Hamopo's been all over the globe, it looks like. So, you know, it's, it's really cool to see what these guys are doing. And, um, you know, I know, I know uh, St. Bozo is down there. If you guys see there, there's a board that's sort of one to, I think, there's 75 odd free jacks. So, you know, the list is there once, you know, there. So, I think I sent a Snapchat the other day to one of them, just, just showing them yep. the list and that their name's engraved in there. So, it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I love that the uh, the Free Jacks are embracing that history for everybody that has contributed to the Free Jacks at one point or another. Having that cap list right there in the, uh, the 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 gym and the renovations that's happening down there in the mid, I think that's super classy for them to do. I'd love to see stuff like that incorporated at Fort Quincy. I'm not sure if they could actually do that since they don't technically own the, the stadium. I think they're just kind of leasing it out or whatever. So it might be difficult to do that to keep something permanent there or semi-permanent. But I think that would be really cool to have. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something uh... – I know Meg's was uh, ideas on that and uh, Tom Kindly and, and the front office staff. So, yeah, no, no, I think that's uh, something I think in the future is definitely where we want to get to um, in small steps at the moment. But, yeah, definitely, I think uh, becoming Fort Quincy, get those guys' names always around there. I know we've had uh, in the past had the mm-hmm. family members on the jerseys, stuff like that. So they're always thinking ideas. But uh, there you go. You might have to let uh, TK know yes. that one. It's a, it's a great one. <laughs> All right, I'll pass it along. Uh, final question for me here, Josh. Uh, you've been in MLR for quite a while now at this point. Um, in your opinion, other than yourself, who is the greatest player ever in MLR up to this point? Do you have an opinion on that? Uh, no, I mean, if I answer it, obviously, seriously, just a few guys come to mind that have played against that really dominate. Obviously, Bowdoin's last year was probably the best year I've ever seen uh, in the five year, four right. years I've been in here. Um, but no, there's certain guys that stick out on, on other, on obviously on various teams and stuff. I'm, you know, I think, I think, uh, last year and the year before, I think guys like Bill Meeks and, and LA, obviously pretty outstanding yep. up there. And, you know, um, you know, guys, uh, guys in New York, I thought, uh, Andrew Coe was really great last year and stuff. And Nate Brakeley's always a good matchup mm-hmm. in the locking department. So, um, there's a few guys like that that just kind of spring to mind, um, and obviously playing guys with like Johnny Pole and stuff who's been unreal for us, you know, this go-to nine the last few years and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, um, not really a single out, really someone in particular, but I think those guys sort of just spring to mind um, as such, yeah. I think you've named some really, really good ones there for sure. Uh, one, I think the first name that comes to my mind is Mikey Teo. Uh, I think he's been fantastic in the years that he's played in MLR. But uh, that does it for me. Uh, Josh, I appreciate your time. I'm going to let Dave take over. Cheers, Phil. Great to chat with you. And, uh, yeah. Sweet. <clears throat> Josh, it's great to have you here. Um, as we close in on the start of the season, I'm sure you're very busy both as a player and as one of the leaders on the team. Um, those roles aren't new to you. So I know that's, you know, not hopefully not a huge shift, but still a lot of work. So how are you doing? Just kind of holding up as a, as a guy, as a player, as a leader. Yeah, no, really great. Um, feeling good. Uh, injury free is always nice. Um, conditioning said getting there and, um, the whole team's there. So, yeah, no, I, I feel personally, I feel really good in a good space here at home, which is important, you know, um, staying year round in Boston makes a real difference. So, you know, up here in North Quincy, Bolson Beach, here it's a great spot. Um, obviously, don't get to the beach too much uh, during these days. And so, and saying that, obviously, the the other week we did a training session out there. George surprised us, so that was fun. But no, mate, uh, personally, really, really good, excited, uh, great to have a bit more routine. Um, and then, yeah, the team just really, really excited. I think we've been pretty, pretty proud of our efforts and habits over the over the preseason block. And I know guys are just, you know, really keen to get some of these games underway. So I think we're tracking really nicely. I think the one preseason game suits, uh, just get our, get our legs under us uh, so we can hit the ground running in Nola. Um, so yeah, it'll be good. 
feeling good. Excellent. Uh, you mentioned the season, uh, all, the, all the away matches earlier. So this season, you the Free Jacks will be away in order. We'll be going to New Orleans, San Diego, New York, Utah, Toronto, D.C., Atlanta, and Seattle. Is there any one of those away games that you're looking forward to the most, either because of the facilities, the obviously Travis in uh, Toronto makes that a little bit special, but any of those jump out as one you're really looking forward to? Yeah, I, th- I think obviously uh, playing Travis up in uh, Toronto would be a real highlight. Uh, that one really sticks out. Um, getting back over the West Coast, haven't been to Seattle. I think uh, last time I was there might have been the 2020 year, um, a game or two before I got um, before COVID hit. So I think Seattle's something that's really exciting. Obviously, San Diego is a beautiful place. Um, that's uh, that's early on. That's that second week there. So I think uh, Seattle, San Diego, Toronto, those are those are pretty good. But I think Nola first off would be great. I know it's uh, it'll be a busy weekend there. I think Mardi Gras close to her, if not that following week or stuff. So it'll be a busy time. So um, yeah, those those places are pretty good. But I'm pretty fortunate, you know. I know a lot of guys in various teams. So um, now being around the league, it's good. Every kind of place I go to, there's there's someone I really want to connect with, you know. And it's always nice just to break up the trip that way. So. But yeah, no, those sort of two or three places um, mentioned before would probably be uh, what I'm probably most looking forward to. Very good. I am looking forward to hearing what you and everyone else thinks of Snapdragon Stadium, the new venue out there in San Diego. It looks pretty flashy. It might be right. might be in some right. good digs while you're out there. So I look forward to hearing what it's like. We'll have to have you back. You can give us the full report. Um. Thinking more on the field stuff, uh, fans have noticed, really, commentators have noticed, that you take a lot of physical punishment out there while you're playing. You seem to be a little bit of a lightning rod for aggression from the other team. Um, It's a bit, only a little bit, you don't have to get embarrassed, but it's a little bit like Richie McCall. You know, the way he was just targeted consistently by teams, just, just brutalized, just in the terms of it being noticeable, fans being like, I think that guy just punched Josh and nobody seems to care, you know, like we're just moving on. Why do you think that is? And is that a role that you kind of fill either as a leader or just as a player? You know, do you, do you, how do you end up being the guy that gets punched so much, Josh? I guess, I mean, speaking of, speaking of Richard McCall, that's uh, no idea of me. That's a uh, high praise. That's uh, Miss Jacobson, the old Richard McCall lookalike. So we've got yeah. a young Richard yeah. on the team and uh, he's looking sharp. So, uh, but, uh, mate, to answer your question, uh, yeah, quite, quite, I do find myself, I think late it's kind of find myself in, in some of those little little scuffles, I guess, being in the tight five, scrum balls. Uh, balls have been a big part of the MLR lately, you know, a lot of points scored for and against there. So I guess I kind of get myself in the middle of those and, and find myself up. Um, but, yeah, I guess, I guess it was a, the one incident, won't go into too much detail, where I kind of did a bit of a flop. Um which I'll own, so yeah, mate. Uh, no more of that. But uh, it's it's, uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, just right in the thick of it, right in the middle, and uh, yeah, just like to get stuck in. And I think it's that's a beautiful thing about rugby. You know, sort of, you know, just like you know, you're backing up your teammates, sort of one and all in mentality and stuff. You know, um, you know, with you know, obviously playing by the rules and stuff. But it's just yeah, I just find myself in the thick of it quite a bit, and I just think it's uh, been lately. There's just been a couple of times where I've you know, someone sort of grabbing by the collar and it's probably come across a bit more, uh, a bit more scrappier than I am. I'm, I'm really not the, the fighter type, but uh, definitely get uh, edgy during the game. And uh, I think it's important. I think it's important in your forward pack. And, you know, New England, like the people here, we want to be gritty, man. We want to get stuck into them. 
uh, especially at home, it's it's important. You know, you want to be sort of confronting and, and and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I kind of just find myself in those situations, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you're not a guy who's you know there for the argy bargy, it still fires you up. Like if somebody grabs your collar, even if you're not going to take a swing, you're going to get your heart rate's going to jack a little bit, and you know it can be it can be kind of good. It's a, it can be a tool too. Um, TK told us last night that the Bronco has been retired, which people were very happy about initially, but unfortunately it has been replaced with constant monitoring <laughs> as the new metric. So that's certainly not creepy and ominous, uh, ominous at all. Um, has anything replaced the Bronco as the worst thing that you guys have to do? And it, for people who don't know, I guess I'll explain really quickly. A Bronco is, a Pretty standard rugby fitness test where you run a 20 meter, 20 meters in back, 40 meters in back, 60 meters in back, and then you do it four more times. So you do like five full circuits. It's a, and it's all sprinting and turning. It's, it's just sucks. It sucks. Yeah, I guess the boys were pretty relieved when we heard that early on. But um, no, I think it's a range of factors. Like I said, uh, George and Ricky have been outstanding. Uh, some cutting edge stuff, some stuff that's very new to, to all of us. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've had luckily had some pretty good SNC guys along the way, but these guys have been really cut up. Um, they're really uh, advanced with this stuff. So yeah, the constant monitoring stuff is just really utilizing the GPS monitors and stuff, and it is just habits over you know over every session. It's every session hitting numbers that we want to be at and uh, creating those habits that transfer into a game rather than a one-off test and. And obviously, there's, there's things that go into it. We've got a short and pre-season. You know, if we're running fitness tests that take half the session or whatever it is every second week or something like that, it's kind of not applicable. So also just the environment we want to create. You know, we want to, you know, the guys have just got here and stuff. You know, you want uh, you don't want too much anxiety in the environment, very little anxious environment, um, and then ramp it up, you know, and guys become accustomed to it. You know? um, so, yeah, obviously, there's always bits of pre-season are a bit uncomfortable. You know, there's... You know, there's a lot of running ball and play times huge at the moment for us. We're playing a lot of ball and play. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of other metrics that go into it. And to be honest, it's, it's made the trainings, every training, you know, just another step up from, from last year. You know, last year was great, but said so we want to go to new heights this year. And I think, uh, you know, not, not doing the Bronco and replacing it, like uh, by what TK said, with some more uh, metrics that George is uh, doing through the GPSs and making sure you're hitting those has uh, been really good. So, yeah, it's uh, been a relief in one sense, but in the same sense, we're you know we're definitely working harder. So uh, yeah, so yeah. If anything, it just gives you more time to work hard. So, so hooray! Yeah, hooray. <laughs> uh how has it been working with will webster new coach at the free jacks um i understand he's focusing really on the forwards so i would guess you've gotten to work pretty closely with him how's that going yeah well great guy uh, very interesting and stuff you know he's a real people person you know really personal really easy to chat with and stuff so you know myself you know regan Samessi, the line out leaders uh connor keys you know really hit it off with them yeah, we meet regularly and stuff. So, yeah, our relationship's really good with him. He's doing a really great job. Obviously, young. And the thing that I love about these younger coaches is, you know, enthusiastic, you know, innovative, the ideas mm. bringing in and stuff. Um, you know, it gets you on your feet the whole time and really thinking. So, yeah, really happy to have Will. He's been great. And, uh, yeah, a lot, lot, lot of change in our lineouts this year, which is great. So, you know, he's, he's really helping the set piece. And I know Eagley and the front row boys are really – Really excited for him, the Spunk Club crew. So, uh, no, he's been really good. Like I said, real personal, really easy guy to 
guy to talk to and and um, yeah he's just been been great and uh hopefully set piece which is a big part as we know of rugby and especially the mlr um you know with a couple set re-scrums and, and scrums and stuff like that in the ball game it's it's crucial so now will's will's off to a great start it's been really good for us uh, pairing him with mike rogers um be really good so happy and it's just yeah, another thing, I guess it's just really good to have a third coach on board, you know, like I yeah. said, every year it's kind of get better. It just takes a load off some of the other guys and ourselves as leaders as well, you know, just really another hands on deck um, and really, you know, narrowing down on, on one on a specific area, like the set piece, you know. So, yeah, they're really happy with Will and, um, yeah, I think uh, it's going to be really beneficial to us this year. Something we've needed and, and he's really filled, filled that gap for us and more. That's fantastic. You know, I love set piece. I think it's a really fun thing to watch about rugby. You know, I, I really enjoy um, seeing how it plays out. And it sounds like he's a good fit. I know Coach Matthew spoke really highly, both of Will as a coach and having a third coach, like you just mentioned, the, the you know, what that unlocks for them as a coaching group and lets them just get a lot more work done, more time with players. Um, Thinking about the Free Jacks as compared to other teams in the league, is there anything that you think the Free Jacks do better than everybody else in MLR, either something on the field or something off the field? Yeah, good question. Um, I guess what springs to mind is the idea of, you know, really building a club rather than a team every year, um, connecting, you know, with fans, um, you know, building rugby in the greater New England community. And, it, and it's something like, yeah, it might sound a bit washy but it really is part of our pillars. You know, people take pride in our team of, of getting out to, in the community events and doing stuff like that. If we're doing off the field, you know, the on field will come with it. So I think just, just, just that idea, you know, I know we're getting into schools, uh, a few of us, uh, myself and Andrew Quatrin, running a Wednesday clinic at the YMCA down South Shore there. We're running that every Wednesday night, numbers growing and stuff. So, yeah, I guess just, just that off the field stuff, I know... Uh, that's been saying from the start uh, that Mags has been uh, really been driving and, and Tom Conley, obviously. So, uh, yeah, I think that's something where we really try to set ourselves apart. Uh, we paired that with, with the on-field success, you know, obviously guys coming over here, you know, it's, it's, it's a great recipe. And that, that gets them to not only, you know, play well on the field, but enjoy their time here, you know. So it's, for some of these, for a lot of us, it's, it's an opportunity of a lifetime to come in to play rugby in America. So... You, know, you get the balance of the off-field and the on-field right. Um, uh, I think we're in a really good space. So I'd say that would probably be the, you know, the, the most uh, thing that separates us ourselves. I know a lot of other clubs are doing it, and there's initiatives for the MLR, but yeah, I, I like to think we, we kind of go above and beyond for that. Awesome. I, I have to agree. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but that's one of the things that really sold me on the club was was seeing that you know it's a lot more than just a uh, you know a collection of players or you know, the guys in the jerseys, however you want to, you want to frame it, that there was a much bigger thing being built. Uh, that's something really exciting, and it's really cool to be a part of as a fan. Um, speaking of settling in and experiencing Boston, you've been in New England as long as anybody on the squad. At this point, you're pretty much the, the tour guide, I would assume. Um, do you feel like you're really getting to know New England pretty well? And have you found any favorite spots, places to eat, you know, go for a hike, anything like that? Where do you like to go in your downtime? Yeah, so well, it was first proper summer up here, and obviously one thing I love about New England and Boston is, uh, you know, people really get out and enjoy the summer. You know, obviously winters are longer and stuff, and and I loved it. You know, me and Sydney here, 
we went up um, really place that uh, actually Tom Conley went up there and told us about Kenny Bunport Beach up in Maine. Love that. Went up there uh, for a day and overnight. Absolutely loved it. So I definitely want to get up there again. I uh, went down to the Cape a couple of times. Fortunate enough, uh, the Eagle and uh, his partner, Ali, uh, have a place down there, um, a family place. So we were able to go there a couple of times. Um, so, yeah, just, just exploring out. Those are a couple of places um, spring to mind. I went up uh, to Vermont. Really love Vermont up in Burlington there. Some of the best coffee and best coffee roasters I've, I've been to. So, uh, so yeah, that's always a, a trip worth taking, a weekend trip. Um, but around the city, mate, like being in Quincy, close to the red line, probably heard this hundred times, but it's great. Our players are close here. We can get into the city, walk around. Um, Grace Note Coffee Roasters, shout out. They're probably one of my favorite uh, coffee roasters uh, in the city. Um, but yeah, just just getting out there and obviously uh, merging ourselves and the, and the culture and the different foods. Um, to be honest, it sounds classic, but the North End, unreal. Um, really love the food there. So when we get out for a nice meal, uh, me and the muscles, that's kind of where we head to. So those are probably a couple of spots in Boston. But yeah, great areas. We try to get, if we get a little weekend away, we, we get amongst it. So yeah, been fortunate enough. Uh, probably the one thing I haven't done, I know uh, Vian Conradi really wants to get up, is a bit of skiing and and snowboarding so i don't know if that's uh, on the mlr contract uh you know bandless but uh you don't want anyone going down uh, doing a bit of hitting the slopes but it's probably something i haven't i mean obviously I've been before been in canada a few times out in calgary but um that's something i probably haven't uh, explored the mountain ranges up here in the winter but you know we're we're we're, we're, uh, we're full on with rugby so it's probably probably a good reason to yeah that's fair that's fair I hear ski in the east is. I'm not a big. I've skied. I can't ski, but I've only skied in the east. And I hear it's different. You know, it kind of breeds a different kind of skier. And it's sort of like having a terrible home pitch as a rugby team, where you're like, well, you know, it just means we're tougher than everybody else. You know, anytime we go somewhere else, it just it's like a step up. And really, it means we're gritty because you know you're skiing on ice. You're it's all sorts of weird conditions in in uh, New England skiing, but it just makes you hardy. Um. One of my questions was going to be your favorite coffee place you found. So, Grace Note, is that it? What's your order? Uh, Grace Note, yeah, probably just right outside, outside South Station, easy access. Um, just a flat white. Um, uh, yeah, so those, that'd be the order in, in Grace Note. Uh, there's a good place in Hingham called Red Eye Coffee Roasters. That's another good spot. Um, yet to find one in Quincy, to be honest. Uh that's maybe something uh, hopefully popping up. I know there's uh, yeah, there's a couple of spots that we go to and, and that, but um, yeah, hopefully one day we get a really good coffee roaster in uh, New England. So anyone that you're out on a business, if you open up a coffee roaster in, uh, sorry, in Quincy, um, you're gonna get uh, all 40 plus free jacks rolling there at a lunchtime Monday to Friday. So get it going. It's interesting that it's you interesting mis- uh, mentioned Flat White, Josh, uh, because I used to dance under that name. So there you go. <laughs> that's excellent um lovely so the gauntlet has been dropped find a good somebody write the business plan let's get a good coffee roaster in quincy let's uh let's hook them up or if you think you know somewhere that maybe uh the team hasn't found yet send them along let josh know he'll check it out or he'll let you know that that he has been there and it's not that great uh Thinking about uh, Boston sports, all the big four, you know, Sox, Bruins, Celtics, Pats. Have you? How many have you checked off? And do you have a favorite? Yeah, uh, good question. 
obviously love my American sports, loved them before I came over. Um, passionate uh, about watching it. Um, the Red Sox are my favorite Boston team. I've got a connection there. My late uncle was a massive Red Sox fan, did trading cards, played fantasy, just you know, dreamed of going to Fenway, went there once. Um, his dad, my uncle, was a Red Sox guy. Funnily enough, they were born in Calgary, but supported the Red Sox. Um, so yeah, coming over here, I quickly adopted that. So I've got the Nesson on over the summer and I, I'll tune in and definitely watch a few innings, if not most of the games that I can. Um, so yeah, the Red Sox, but mate, I've, I've been all four, really enjoyed the Bruins atmosphere, obviously the Celtics and the Patriots. I went uh, against the Dolphins this year. I think it was their last home game, which was, which was cool to watch that. Um, overall sport, the NFL is my favorite sport. Um, so yeah, maybe, uh, Mac Jones goes one deeper next year, and I'll, and I'll get a bit more on the on the New England uh, band, uh, Patriots bandwagon. But no, nah, yeah, I've, I've been to all four. NFL's my favorite, but Red Sox are in the city of Boston, and New England's my most passionate team. I love it. One of the best things about baseball is just how much of it there is. You can always kind of have it on. It's around. And uh, I personally, especially for like background, makes good background for just whatever you're doing. And I love uh uh, uh, radio uh, baseball. baseball. Baseball is a great baseball sport for radio. radio. Joe Castiglione uh, does the cat, the, the calls, cat, radio calls for the Sox. Best way to get the Sox, I think. Yeah. I mean, TV, obviously. Seeing the game, some people think is important. But no, big time. I love it. Commentators are good at the Red Sox. I, I can't remember his name. That's it. But uh, yeah, no, I love tuning into those. Um, Isaac Olsen's a big Red Sox man too, so we'll try to get out a few games in the year. Um, Nah, so maybe the rest of the Bucks of America mini team. Um, so yeah, no, we're, there's a few of us that, that follow it for sure. So it's good stuff. Excellent. Well, that was it for me. I really appreciate your time. Uh, this has been really fun. It's always great to talk to you. And uh, boy, it won't be that long till I'll see you at Veterans Memorial Stadium for some uh, home opener home fun. fun. Yeah, exactly. No, nah, thanks for having me on. I guess. Uh, what do you reckon? We'll get some snow in a couple of those early March games. Or do you reckon we'll be all right? I know. Uh, Winter's kind of pushing a bit later these days. It'll be a blizzard. Uh, yeah. It'll be a blizzard for sure. Yeah. At some yeah, point, yeah, we're going to have a blizzard before it's all over. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Now we're outside. I wanted to ask you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing weather that we're having. I mean, there hasn't really been much accumulation at all of the snow. Uh, it's pretty wild to think about. I mean, it's been kind of cold at certain points, but it's been warmer than usual. Um, so that's kind of uh, concerning slightly. But uh, I wanted to ask you real quick, Josh, about um, this particular question came in. Have, have, uh, have you seen this uh, Free Jack's Canadian cooking uh, Instagram page? What's going on with that? Oh, yeah. Big shout out. Dorchester Dinners. Um, so the Canadian boys that are together in that flat of Ben Lesage, Andrew Quatrin, and uh, Connor Keys. So mm -hmm. they live in Dorchester. Uh and they are running, yeah, every Sunday night, they're kind of getting a couple of guests. Um, hopefully, I think they'll get around to you guys uh, one day. So if they're, they're listening, which I'm yeah. sure, uh, I know Andrew Quattron loves you guys. So, uh, yeah, invite people around for all the yes. Sunday dinner. Yes. I was lucky enough to go around. Um, yeah, I know uh, Andrew had a couple of his, uh, girlfriends from the bar, I think, invited over the first weekend. And, and uh, I don't know how well that went. So a few of the team members now are joining in and staff and, and like that. So, yeah, they run uh, every Sunday night. They're trying to get a dinners they'll rotate and cook with them they've got a wee uh, instagram page going so i think it's dorchester dins give them a follow 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess if you're lucky enough, we'll get uh, Andrew to get you along. I, I think it's the Dorchester Room, Josh. Dorchester Room, there it is, yeah. If you uh, go on, I guess. Yeah, uh, I just added. Yeah, there it is, yeah. Sounds like a very yeah. swanky bar. Very good. I, I, I have a, a couple more. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a speakeasy, actually, is, is what it sounds like. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I do have a quick little comment from Bozo here. Uh, why is the Jack's Ranger Show sticker not on the outside of your locker, Josh? Uh-oh. Jeez. <laughs> don't know. I'm going to have to get my hands on a pair. I don't actually know. Stickers, maybe you drop some by sometime. We'll blast them across the thing. I'll get it on the back of the car. Ask TK. Yeah, yeah, okay. There should be like there a stockpile there at the mint. Uh, so just, just ask uh, TK about that. Yeah. Well, I'll get them to dish them out to the boys and we'll, we'll slap them across Quincy and uh, yeah, promote Appreciate the show. That. You guys are doing a great yeah. job. I did want to ask you, I'm not wearing these gloves just to be weird. I I just wanted to throw up the uh, the Carolina here, Josh. There it is, pal. Boom, baby. Oh, no. So uh, Josh coached uh, over a summer with uh, Clemsucks University down there in Calpins uh, County there uh, in Pickens County, in the middle of nowhere of South Carolina, upstate South Carolina. Uh, some people might know as a football school, but they're not very good right now. Uh, by the way, you know, the University of South Carolina fighting Gamecocks happened to have beaten them in football. So I just wanted to rub that. In. I just wanted to dance on Josh's grave a little bit. You know, we like to have a little fun with you, Josh, on here. But uh, final thing, uh, I want to just open up the floor um, for you to talk directly to the Rangers, the Free Jacks fans out there as uh, as the leader of the Free Jacks. What you got for us? Yeah, obviously, uh, shout out. Thank you so much for the engagement uh, over the preseason. Um uh, really looking forward to seeing you guys all at uh, Veterans Memorial. Uh, get behind us some cool events. You know, again, we're taking every step we get in builder um, or building blocks, but it's it's looking really exciting this year. We've got a great group of guys. Um, really proud that we've been working real hard and stuff. So I think, like I said, you know, we got the step far. We want to get, um, you know, at least, you know, we want to go the whole way this year. So um, that's what we're building towards. I think just, yeah, bring a friend, get out there. Um, you know, we've definitely themed some of our stuff around, you know, Fort Quincy and stuff. So that's something we truly are passionate. You know, we don't just say it on camera. It's something that we live and uh, breathe by. So if we can get mm-hmm. five, 6,000 out there on the regular, uh, like we do against New York, um, that's really awesome. And it really brings us home. And, uh, yeah, just keep bringing the energy and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys all there. It should be uh, should be a doozy first up in uh, March 11th, St. Paddy's. Uh, put on your winter gear and, and get out. It'll be a great time. And, uh yeah, we'll stop by and make sure you say hi. It's really awesome to see everyone. Absolutely. I'm predicting a blizzard for that game. We'll see what happens. Uh, final thing before we get out of here, I did promise this to the folks here. We have a very nice bucket hat, an exclusive design for Rugby Now, who uh, operates shopmlr.com. I've got a bunch of names in here uh, that are participating in the giveaway. I'm going to shake it up. I'm going to look away. All right. I'm going to grab one of these. Not looking. There we go. Oh, I have two. All right, I've got one. So the winner of this bucket hat from shopmlr.com is going to be Weber Austin Robert. There you go. Um, all right. Uh, so I will be in touch with that person. Congratulations. And I've got one word for everybody as we exit the video. Josh, thank you so much for being on here once again. In three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah!
Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show. I am joined with General Mags himself, Alexander Magleby. You are the CEO and co-founder of our New England Free Jacks. This uh, little uh, poster here behind me, the flag that I've got. You are the co-founder of that, sir. How the hell are you? I'm great. How are you? Are you founding member, what, three, four? You're right in. Yeah, right I want to say four. I think four yeah. is the, the round number. Of course, I want to say that because that's my that was my number uh, when I played back in the day. Um, I wanted to also mention that we do have a couple more stickers for folks out there. These things are going like crazy. So if you want a sticker, the 2023 edition of the Jacks Rangers show sticker, make sure you send us a DM on all of our social media platforms with your address and we'll get that out to you. Yeah, I was a very, very early on adopter. I remember where I was when the announcement came through. I was on my lunch break at work and I was like, man, this is so awesome. I have to be a part of this in some way. You know, um, originally I just thought I would just be a fan. But, uh, you know, fast forward, what, a couple years later and here we are. I'm talking to you on social media live right now. So it's pretty exciting stuff. That's awesome. Speaking of the stickers, my kids have that uh, with the amazing sunglasses. From Excellent. Me. Those it. are going, uh, I've actually shipped off some of those. I, I reordered those and I shipped them off to headquarters. So uh, the, the boys will get some of those hopefully today, if not tomorrow, that'll be cool. They can maybe put them on their new lockers that look amazing. They're at the, the renovations down there at, uh, near Fort Quincy. At, so uh, I want to say that not only were you in that top five of founding mm -hmm. members, mm -hmm. you're one of the first online folks who went into the haberdashery as we were internally calling at the point and got some of some of the first free jack swag which was that's very right cool. and then you we ended up connecting in um vegas but i just sent right. you a letter yeah it's yeah you had sent me a letter uh, that's one of the first people that had bought merch um i think i i own so much stuff that uh it's getting a little crazy my, my closet back there you can probably see the bruin stuff right there that yeah. obviously black yeah. and gold but everything else is pretty much free jacks or carolina gamecock stuff i really don't wear anything else other than uh, the sports merch that could be yeah. a problem down the road but it is what it is right now i wanted to get into some questions with you the first one i actually wanted to just you pitch your show which is full contact ceo, CEO. i really enjoyed the most recent george killabrew interview he is just a, a wealth of knowledge and, and really cool to have him on can you just pitch to the rangers maybe they don't know that you have a podcast yourself can you explain what it is and just let them know uh, why they should Tune in. Yeah, we started Full Contact CEO just to share the stories and the conversations we were already having, mm -hmm. but they were quite pertinent to our learning and our process of going through how to become a great rugby club, how to mm -hmm. become a very community-centric organization, how to become a great sports entertainment global brand, and who are we having those conversations with? And it's a diverse group of people from whether they're business executives, athletes, you know, uh, labor unions agents, uh, the whole works. Uh, and this is part of our learning process. Mm -hmm. And there's actually just amazing gems in there that probably can fit into a lot of other people's lives in terms yep. of their journeys. And so it's cool to share them, but also for people to see, oh, wow, this is the journey of the team that I'm really excited to, to be a part of and mm -hmm. be a friend of the, of the organization. So we started that a while ago, and this will be our fourth season of Full Contact CEO. Traditionally, we start with the commissioner of Major League Rugby. Yes. We had a great chat with George the other day. There's a bunch we've recorded that'll be coming out in the next couple of days, mm -hmm. uh, over the next few weeks of people from the top of sports entertainment in various capacities and super excited. And or and people who are just starting out their journeys as players as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had on uh, 
so that's a, that's that's the gist of it, and it's super exciting to share those anecdotes with the rest of the world. Absolutely, it is very helpful to listen to just to kind of get a sneak peek into what goes on behind the scenes and just in sports and entertainment and all kind of stuff like that. So I highly recommend anybody listening to this to go ahead and check it out. It's beyond rugby; it's you know it's involved sports and other things like that, business as well. So definitely check that out for the folks that haven't done that yet. Um, that's available on all pod, pod, major podcast platforms. Is that right? That is. I don't even Excellent. know what the major ones are anymore, but yes, yeah, certainly the <laughs> Spotify's and Apple's and Google's yeah. and Plex's and whatever else they're called. <laughs> Excellent. Let's talk about um, the very successful campaign for the Free Jackson MLR 2022. I know it's not just on pitch performance that goes into you know your mindset and stuff like that. So kind of give us a breakdown of last season. What was your overall impressions of 2022 for the Free Jacks? What I'm probably most proud of is just the journey the organization has been on and that that reflects to the rest of the world through rugby. Mm -hmm. uh, but you see that the changes and the adaption and the growth of our rugby department, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, and even at this time last year, early January last year, it wasn't clear that we were totally out of the pandemic. It wasn't clear what we were going to be able to do from a training capability standpoint with managing, um, you know, the rules at the time around the pandemic, we had, geez, seven of eight new staff. Uh, you know, the only one that kind of would really um, full-time that was returning was TK and he continues yes, yes. to grow and grow and grow from an intern to, you know, an analyst S and C through, you know, various, various ways. Who's now the GM, but he, he had kind of just started in that role as director of performance. Um, mm -hmm. So he was the only really full egg, uh, in the nest and some great additions. And we had a new medical partner and there were some new players to onboard. And again, in a, an environment that wasn't totally clear. Mm -hmm. And then to put out the season they did, they, the, the players, uh, it, was, it was awesome. But also shows you the growth of the organization continues to improve and build stability. And I'd say probably the rugby part of that is the external expression of what's happening. This year, even better. I mean, last year we had temporary gymnasium space and all those things. The Performance Center is now open. That's mm -hmm. something we've been working on for years that not only will benefit the, the senior men's team, but in time and has already uh, young up-and-coming girls and boys and, and uh, men and women in the club game, which is really cool. Now they have a, a Performance Center to, to become better rugby athletes. Mm -hmm. and that's awesome to see that actually be real now and it's you know bricks and mortar uh, representing what this is all about mm -hmm. and that's and that's very cool to see and so that's starting this year um, but it's those it's those those pieces that then create performances on the field that we're all proud of all the friends of the organization you know our fans are our friends and as you know you know it's it's basically family uh, yes count the number of people that i'm now good friends with because of our match day experiences, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and the, the glue that is the free jacks. I certainly, certainly think some of the performances they had on the field last year were so awesome. Yes. And that's what I'm looking forward to the most this year. I just love watching this team play. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 it doesn't suck to be a Free Jacks fan. I think, I think it's the best way to, to describe it. Every day is a good day to be a Ranger out there. Um, I always like to say that to people because the organization is top notch, obviously. But uh, what's happening on the pitch, you could also be proud of for sure. Um, just real quick rundown of the improvements that fans can expect uh, when we return to Fort Quincy on March the 11th. What you what you got yeah. planned for us? You know, you got to remember last year it was a brand new staff on the event side. Mm -hmm. Some had never been a part of a rugby experience in a new venue. Yes, we had tested it out the summer before, but 
people showed up. Their parking signage was ruined by the rain. Just a lot of the things that hadn't quite been anticipated. Mm-hmm. And this is more a shout out to the, our friends, you know, the people who showed up in that weather and it wasn't perfectly run. It wasn't totally smooth and yet had a lights out amazing experience. And yes, it got cold and all of those things happened, but yet still it was, everybody was having fun who was yes. there and it was still jammed with, with energy and with people uh, having a great time. And so it's, I'm really excited to have that uh, heritage festival, that St. Patty's, you know, that's kind of like our shout out to, mm-hmm. you know, big part of our demographics. Yes. Um, Irish American community and certainly in Quincy and, the old Quincy, you know, amateur rugby team wore green and white, and that's that's a really cool story. Uh, but now having the the, the amazing events and experience uh, staff that we have, operationalizing it, and then suddenly, you know, understanding our sound opportunities better for for music. You know, there's some programming elements that we've added. We'll have the Free Jacks Brass Band. We'll announce soon enough, which they're incredible musicians. They're they're unbelievable, um, and so those elements are now being added. But behind the scenes, the operational work and improvements have been really, really cool. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm excited about. And that just then rolls out the rest of the year. Like yes. it's, you know, we have an awesome club, a men's club festival that day. So those are like shortened matches, 20, 25 minutes. People can come watch their, their favorite club team. But opportunity for those club athletes to put their hand up for the independence, you know, of course, is our right. Yeah. Side. That same thing will happen on April 22nd for on the on the women's club game. We'll have a similar type tournament um, and a pathway into, you know, our women's um, elite team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a sevens qualifying tournament on the March 25th, which is really cool for NCRs. Last year, three of the four teams that played in the national championship, um, the top uh, three of the top four teams were in that tournament. Mm-hmm. So some of the best college players in the country, uh, which is which is very cool. The next one will be a touch rugby festival for teams um, throughout uh, the country will be showing up for an awesome touch tournament. Uh, we have the youth uh, jamboree on the, the weekend of the 30th of April, which will be very cool. We have an awesome academy match leading into the game on on, on uh, May 21st. We have the Myro Championships May 27th, and then we have the Golden Oldies Tournament on June 18th weekend, Father's Day. So that's I've got that one circled, yeah. Mags. Uh, might be we should put a team together. Like a, a like the Granite Hammers old school New Hampshire team. That'd be fantastic. Listen, it's already in the works. If you want to join, yeah. you can join yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, man. Let's do it. That'll be a blast. So that's on the rugby side. And then, as you know, we've talked about um, we're learning – uh, rapidly the music business in a really solid positive way and you know, we ran that test match you know, in between days festival last year we have some amazing talent who's now operating that mm-hmm. and um you know who've, who've been running festivals uh in the, in the country for for years and years but in new england very well connected and we have an absurd lineup for that but that's allowing us to then create similar types of situations for our free jacks faithful and mm-hmm. so a lot of the bands that will be special guests on, on game day uh, are enormously talented, either local musicians or very well-known global bands. And we haven't announced some of those yet. We're kind of, the, as, the, as the weather warms up, you'll see the names change and be probably more recognizable uh, to a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that they're any more talented or not than the, than the more local artists that were singing on sure. the early part of it, but that's, it's a, uh, it's super exciting in that, in that regard. It's like selfishly, it's like, what would I want to do? And where would I want to take my family? Where do I want to meet my college buddies? Let's mm-hmm. create that environment. <laughs> so, like, gotcha. that's so about it. But very it's, cool. It's actually really awesome and fun. 
That is awesome. I wanted to ask you quickly about the festivals. Obviously, those are a huge hit. I think more teams should do that to get people into the stands. I think the Free Jacks have been very successful at doing that overall. Um, huge hit last season, I was saying, as I was saying. Which one are you most looking forward to this season? I think we asked you this last time you were on, too, for last year. Uh, you know, so far, because we've only announced the two public ones, the mm-hmm. St. Patty's Final Disco. So far, Final Disco, I'm most excited about. Like, that is... Like that's just right in my wheelhouse, flannel and dancing, and it's, it's amazing. Plus, they'll have the great college sevens tournament. They're both going to be great. Yeah. But, and I know this is public, but there is there's a couple coming up that are are going to be epic. Um, and I wish I could talk about them now, but I would uh, it would be upsetting my staff if I did so. Fair enough. But, um, which I leaked some of them kind of at the yes at our frosty fest. Uh, yes. The uh, the uh, the ones that are coming up are going to be really epic. And in terms of like that is the greatest party I've ever been to. I want to be there. Situation. Those are what's ahead. Absolutely, couldn't agree more on that. Uh, let's talk about really quickly here. I mean, I, we got about let's say sixteen minutes left um, in the interview here, so I don't want to you know overload you with questions or anything like that. If you woke up tomorrow and it was suddenly two thousand eighteen again, is there anything that you do differently to build this franchise? No. Like, yeah okay, all right <laughs> like it's been absolutely perfect in its own way because a lot of lessons tr- yes. tremendous amount of lessons but we needed to live them in order to really ingrain those lessons into our culture and our day-to-day behaviors and so um yeah hindsight is amazing and that's mm-hmm. would be fantastic and uh but it, no i think it's been an uh it's been an incredible journey i think it, for most things we've 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 matched our uh goals i think there's some things that we regret that we wish we would have done better you know i think you know some of our pandemic experiences around managing match day and the chaos of you know parking lots flooding and all of those type of things it's more that those moments Mm -hmm. have really shaped who we are today right so no i would not trade them uh for the world I love that answer, man, for sure. You know, uh, there's always things that you can look back on with hindsight and stuff like that. But if you if you failed and then got better with it, then it, it all worked out in the end, right? It's like, shoot, um, we should have done this. Okay, great. But now we know. Right. So exactly. Let's not repeat that. But at least now we've lived that sure. experience and survived and, and grown from it. Absolutely. That to us is the most important piece is that not only did it happen, we learned from it, we marked it, but we actually changed for the future is, is the key for, for us if we're going to be – uh, as successful as our fans deserve us to be. Absolutely. I wanted to quickly bring up the strategic partnership that I talk to TK about every single time that we have Moen. And by the way, he's been on like seven times. I think he's, yeah. he's really the fifth outrider as far as yeah. I'm concerned. He's Great. a part of the show. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> with an overseas professional club to share information and loan players for more experience. Is that happening down the road? Is it the, the turbos and NPC that Mike Rogers is now going to be the head coach of? I mean, is that something that's going to be, something that we can look forward to in the future? Um, these conversations happen all the time and yeah. they're ongoing. Uh, there are things that at USA Rugby I had done um, on occasion. The vast majority of times what you see happening is a club will announce they're creating this partnership mm-hmm. and it's a PR exercise and then nothing happens of value. Right. Right. For us, yes, we, we work with a lot of clubs globally there are some that would probably be better from a um, 
uh, rugby performance perspective in terms of their coaching, assessing our coaches, our coaching, assessing their coaches, seeing each other's daily in, uh, training environments, adding insights into those situations. There's some that are going to be better for uh, player opportunities because of either geography or time. Um, mm -hmm. Are, are important piece of that and visas and everything else. There are going to be some that are going to be better from a marketing perspective. What I mean by that from an audience aggregation perspective, it makes a lot of sense for their brand to be tied to ours and our brand to be tied to theirs. Right. The last one we just have to be very careful with. There are a lot of, we have a lot of fans in the UK yes. and they have, all of them have passionate uh, club affiliations in the UK mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. And what I think we would hesitate to do is suddenly tie our, around one club in the UK and then not, and then alienate some of our own already passionate fans or future fans because they're buddy, they're, they're fans of Bath versus Bristol. Just, you know what I mean? Like, yes, not, you know, that's what would be the, the concern. So non-exclusive yep. opportunities like that are, are, are really cool. And that's, we've been working on a bunch of those and some are better. Let's deliver first and then we can announce after. Uh, I think is our preference, you know, where I think you've seen the opposite, which really doesn't work out that much. For sure. There's actually an example of that, of the failure of that with uh, Chivas USA and MLS, where they chose a, a, a soccer team from um, Mexico to be their, you know, their franchise in the United States. And that angered a lot of, you know, would-be fans that maybe support uh, Club America or what have you down there. So, yeah, that makes total sense for sure. I wanted to ask, also ask you about, you know, in the talking about the strategic partnerships type of thing. Fans really love the Kara Cup, and it seems to be a win-win for all involved. Will Kara Cup 2, 2.0 happen in 2024? Uh, and what does that look like is the really important piece. You know, yeah. right now our focus is 100-plus uh, percent on Major League Rugby's competition. So is it something that will help us in that regard to perform at our very best in Major League Rugby competition? Mm -hmm. that, that's the number one key. So in that regard is how can we structure that so that it can do so? Mm -hmm. One of the issues we have right now is the seasonality of where we play and where other people play and what can fit in in a January or February. Um, that's challenging. Uh, that's hard to monetize in New England. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to make it worth that spend if it's not going to be so valuable on the competition side, right? Yes. So those are the puzzles that we're trying to figure out. We have great relationships uh, with many of those provinces still, uh, you know, and, and, and with, with the IRFU, but um, how that plays out is, is, is an unknown. There certainly are, um, are opportunities there that, that we, we haven't been able to, to cross off yet. It's fair enough. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited about the possibility of it, but it does. There's some logistical challenges, you know, with with that time of year for sure. Is it something that you know fans could go to Ireland and watch these matches? I mean, we've heard from David Barry that it is possible to play rugby at those times of years over there. Uh, not so much here with the possibility of it just being a blizzard that day. You know, that's not going to be great. So, um, next thing up here. Um, so we got about ten minutes left here. Let's, I'm going to go to a Diamond Dave's question. There has been a real focus on the match day experience of fans, which has been very fun. Live music, woogie, curtain raiser matches, festivals and themes for which every match has made it an awesome day for the whole family. How are you planning on continuing to grow that atmosphere this season? And is there anything on your wish list 
that is not quite, you know, that you can't get it done, you know, within this time frame, or maybe it's just too big of a scale uh, that you would love to see down the road. Yeah. So I think there's, 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 there's a lot of things on the really excited about lists and can we actually deliver on that mm-hmm. and when, um, one that I think we can deliver on now in a, in a, in a way are, you know, we really want to make sure we're delivering on the experience for, for kids. Yes. And, you know, well, this year you'll see the, the new programming elements. There'll be the, you know, the blow up target shots and kicking and, you know, you get instant feedback. You, you made the goal or you didn't right? really good. Awesome for the, the rugby lover and the non-rugby lover. It's just great mm-hmm. experience. Um, but things like kids scavenger hunts, um, you know, the sign-up where a kid can be a part of the Grubbers Club and they get a certificate on the day if they get enough merit badges that day. Mom and dad may be watching the game. The kids may be watching part of it, but really they're going to have, they're going to be able to go around the park. Parts of that, parts of those elements we want to be able to deliver on this year, parts of those elements are going to require some additional infrastructure and time. Um, you know, last year we did the hot tubs. It was super fun. Is that is that a, is that a thing that we can expand? Um it, do, do, do fans want that? Uh, I think that's a, that's a whole nother question. Mm-hmm. As you guys know, music is a really important part of our experience. Yes. Drums, brass. It's a really important piece to, to what we're about. And it's not public yet, but it's now, you know, kind of uh, quasi public, you know, are the free Jacks brass band is going to be awesome. They're enormously talented musicians, highly diverse. Uh, they've been practicing. They're going to be awesome. That is going to be a great new programming element that can, be in the tailgate lots that can be a part of parades that can help with the kids high five tunnels to in stadium energy. Like that's a, that's a great new addition of mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you look at our, the five elements of, you know, drums, brass, fire, barbecue, IPA, and you'd be like, okay, that's an awesome day. Right. Like yes, that's, that's for, that sure. hits for our demographic. It's a lot of things for, for many, many of our demographics, not all. Um, and so it's just kind of, how do we fit, fit all those pieces in? Infrastructure is a big one for us. You know, it's little things like water is only available in certain areas. There's only so much we can do water-wise, and we got to, you know, gen- we have to run a lot of generators because the power isn't great. All the behind-the-scenes things that people don't necessarily see or know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a wonderful stadium, uh, and it's just in time some of those infrastructures will be changed. Some of the lighting has been improved this year. Some of the walls have been fixed. Things that people won't necessarily notice because mm-hmm. uh, it won't be as flashy, but things where you're like, oh, okay, it's a better experience. I don't know quite know why, but it, it, it was. So uh, those pieces are kind of more short-term, but the longer-term infrastructure changes are you know, part of our 12-year plan for sure. Awesome. Very, very I just, cool. just turn the question on its head is what, what else do people want? And let's figure out a way to do that and deliver that. For sure. Um, uh, what, speaking of what people want, Mags, and this not, might not be something that can be done. I know you guys were testing about it. The multi-sport lines on the pitch, is there any updates about that? Yeah, I mean, we're really proud of the fact that we're playing in a historic venue that is run by the city where kids from all different walks of life can experience that field. We get to share that with them. That is awesome. Yes. Rugby is now a key piece of that. Not only professional rugby, but community rugby is now becoming a key piece of that feature. In the fall, you know, football is really important for that field. Soccer is really important for that field. In the spring, you know, lacrosse is really important for that field. Year kind of zero, we weren't able to cover anything. This last year, we were able to um, start covering certain things. Mm -hmm. The group we worked with as a third-party group to do the covering uh, has learned a lot of things about how best to do that. That was a a big expense 
Uh, one, because labor and, and paint were both uh, enormously expensive last year, but also the expertise and being able to do that in the cold when there's potentially snow on the field, if there's mm -hmm. snow on the field, and still making sure that that's adequate. Uh, so the goal remains this year is kind of covering everything we possibly can, starting okay. primarily with the football lines. And then as we progress weather-wise and everything else and things slow down, covering everything as we get into the, the, the fun part of the season. Um, and that's kind of the, the short-term answer. Uh, Long-term, there's, there's some other solutions there. But there's some, there's some robots now and stuff that can do some really cool stuff with that on a quick, quick basis and covering those for 24 hours. And again, all work-ons and all lessons that we're trying to figure out as quickly as we can. Oh, as we like to call them, we switched over here. how about that? Uh, that is the New York hackers that like, like to try to take this stream down. Uh, I guess they're just upset because they keep rebranding every single year. They have no identity. They're completely soulless. But that is me talking, not you. I really um, like what they're trying to do. I think it's great. I think they're trying to figure out their their um, their wheelhouse and, and had tip for them for continuing to evolve and until they get it right, until they feel like they get it right, until they feel like their fans get it right. That's awesome. There you go. Yeah, that relentlessness. They don't know when to quit. You know, God bless them. Um, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. I think, um, I think what they're doing is a good thing. Uh, that is That makes one of us. All right. Next up here, um, final question, I guess. We'll, uh, we'll get to – this is kind of a silly one. Actually, I want to give you two silly ones. The first one is going to be – uh, the most important question on everybody's mind did would you get some new shoes in the off season <laughs> would you is um kind of in the doghouse uh -oh. the yeah would you needs not only new shoes would you needs um, some some updates all around so that has been a work in progress that uh, would you has, has taken on I'm really excited at some point for would arch nemesis to to come to being that Love has it. been that has been um, understood. It's just when is the right time and when do we have a, the bandwidth um, to bring the evildoer out? Uh, I, I love that. Um, I will say that the uh, the New England um, Revolution at one point had two amazing uh, British actors. I'm guessing, or maybe they were putting on the the accent, uh, full dress in the in the whole uh, red coat uniforms, walking around just making fun of people in the stands. It was fantastic. I only saw them one time there. Um, speaking of football lines, they, uh, the fans just refer to them as sexy football lines there at Gillette when they're playing uh, soccer. So, uh, yeah, that's just one of those things that they have to deal with, unfortunately, there if you're a fan. Uh, I think I'm just going to have to hold the camera in place right now. But um, final question here. Would you ever have guessed that the loudmouth in the stands that you came over and introduced yourself to during the Jacks' first game in Las Vegas would be interviewing you for an episode of the best MLR fan-driven show in the world? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I never guessed it would be the best MLR fan-driven. No, I knew it the whole time. It's amazing. It's Excellent. a great show. Uh, great. Not connecting the dots. Uh, that was not part of it. I was just like, awesome to meet you guys. Mm -hmm. It was so good to meet you. Like, I was such like a – I was so nervous – and it was just like such a breath of fresh air to see a free Jacks uni right there. And you guys were awesome. I think we might've been the only people in the stadium, but that yeah. aside, um, that was really awesome. And just, I appreciate your efforts always for, uh, for carrying the, the torch forward.
happy to help for sure. You terrified me because I was not expecting you to tap on my shoulder. I had already talked to Eric that earlier the, in the day. And when it was you, I was like, I knew who you were. And I was just starstruck for a moment. So, uh, yeah, it, it all worked out in the end there. Really enjoyed talking to you. Always enjoy talking to you, Mags. It's been a fantastic little interview that we've had here. I really look forward to these every single you know preseason that we have you on here to talk free jacks. And just talk about the business behind the scenes of what's going on. Super encouraged with uh, the team that has been assembled and what you're talking about today, about uh, what's going to be happening for the fan experience there at Fort Quincy. Uh, any final thoughts here before we jump off here to the Rangers? Any message to them? Yeah, just thank you for everybody for bringing so much energy to the experience. I think that's the, that is the amazing part about it. And that's, that is the glue of this organization. And I, and I, and I, and our players certainly know that and understand it. And that helps TK and Scotty in their recruiting because we just have an amazing group of friends who drive an awesome experience. And yes, we can add these programming elements in that are super exciting that can help with energy. Um, but at the end of the day, it's true, authentic experience mm -hmm. that is brought by a community um, that is passionate about what we're all doing together. And, you know, 10 years from now, we'll all look back and be like, holy craziness, <laughs> right? Yeah, for uh, sure. Which is awesome. So I just, it's, 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 it's really just a thank you. Awesome. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, just speaking on behalf of the entire Rangers out there, you're welcome. It's it's a, a great thing to be a Free Jack fan. You'll never regret it, or at least it, I haven't regretted it yet. That's for sure. So with that being said, I've got one word for a buddy. Mags, you can join in here in three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah! All right, Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. We enjoy any type of feedback that you can provide for the show to make it better. We do really do appreciate that. Special shout out to all of the Rangers out there that have participated in our giveaways recently. And as always, make sure that you're using promo code RANGERS at checkout at shopmlr.com that is powered by Rugby Now. If you're getting Free Jacks specific merchandise on shopmlr.com, and you use that promo code RANGERS, you will get yourself 10% off of your entire Free Jacks order. Next episode, there's still some stuff Diamond Dave and I need to go over in terms of transactions that have taken place and also our position grades. So expect that in the next episode prior to the NOLA game. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and trot on out of here as we ride off into the sunset of preseason part two as we race toward the official kickoff of MLR 2023. I've got a couple things to say. Go Free Jacks. Beat Houston. Let's ride. Huzzah!